up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship podcast. This is episode 44. I uh, got to interview the uh, owner, purveyor, and creator of Scuttlebutt Comics. Uh, been a big fan of Megan's for a long time, and uh, it just, it, it's been cool. We've been interacting for quite a while, and, and uh, I asked her to, to do the interview, and she enthusiastically accepted. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, learned a lot about her that I didn't know, and her story is in addition to just being interesting is something that I could, I think a lot of people could, uh, get a lot from, uh, there's a lot of lessons there. I thought, I thought it was really, um, interesting to learn the human side of scuttlebutt, uh, and then just be able to get to know her a little better. So I hope you enjoy the interview. All right. So like, like always, right. Start with background, uh, as much as you want to share about, so like in your unique, uh, circumstance, I've only done an interview with one other veteran. So, just like your background in the Navy, kind of like some of the career progression pieces and what you did, your rate, everything else, and then how you transitioned out into what you're doing now with Scuttlebutt. Okay. Um, how far? Let's see. Uh, start from the beginning. Yeah. November 10th, 1990. Beautiful day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hmm, I guess my parents, my my mom was a... Uh, a 20 year Navy veteran. She was an AMH turned AM. Um, my dad was a, an AT. So I love the Navy. I grew up with the Navy, joined the Navy. I'm now yeah. married to the Navy. Like, <laughs> it's kind of my life. I make fun yeah. of the Navy. It's great. Yeah, I know. That's going to say you also <laughs> make fun of us. It's good. Um, yeah, it, it uh, I, I, when I, let's see, I was homeless for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still had, uh, my DOD ID card mm-hmm. that I wasn't supposed to have. Um, but I would go to, I was in Pax river and cause that's where my mom retired out of. And, yeah. um, I would still like go to the gym, use the showers, uh, crash at friends, like, um, couches. Yeah. And I, uh, I was just tired of it. Like I had no prospects. I was working under the table. I was a high school graduate, um, trying to go to college, but I couldn't afford it. Right. So I just started running and cause I, I was like, I could join the Navy. I could get out of here. I could get, um, three squares a day, hot in a mm-hmm. cot, you know? Yep. So I just started running and I really, I was living, uh, in a flat with three other men. And I was sleeping on an air mattress in the corner, living out of a small carry-on suitcase. And um, that was like the the lowest point. And I felt super unsafe. Right. Um, One of them became like a really good friend and kind of a protector, but he was joining the Air Force. Yeah. And I was like, well, I got to do something. So I would just start running just to get out of the house. And like, I wasn't working. And I lost... um, like I, I lost enough weight and got in shape that I shipped off to boot before I, like the day before I went to boot camp, um, I had to go and see a physician because I got bit by a tick mm-hmm. and they took blood and I showed my recruiter and it was on my back and my recruiter's like, Oh no, that's a sunburn. We can, you're fine. <laughs> like I told, I told my recruiter, you know, I did the right yeah. thing. I get sent to boot camp, and I'm like, uh, doing my best to not get kicked out because I'm an idiot. (laughs) I was so happy to be there and to not be in such a situation, sorry, a bad situation anymore that I couldn't stop smiling. 
I couldn't stop being happy. <laughs> You're one I, of those. I, yeah, I, I saw my, a few of those in boot camp that kept getting in trouble because I couldn't stop smiling. It was hilarious. My RDCs hated me. Oh, um, yeah. I wasn't the most physically fit. I was already 20s. I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't I, right, right out of high school. Right. Um, and I ended up becoming the kid that had to literally wipe the smile off my face if i'm laughing and i made eye contact with an rdc i would just like put my hand on my face and just like yeah i'm just you know scratching yeah. my mouth <laughs> stop smiling but i was so happy and then yeah. i um i went to medical do the checkups and they're like oh you're allergic to this what happens this medication what happens when you take it i was like i, I don't know they're like okay call a relative like call your mother i I wasn't on good terms with my mother, so I hadn't talked to her in a long time, but I called her from boot camp and um, she goes, hey, real quick, your medical results came back from the doc that came to my house. You have Lyme's disease. Oh, I broke down crying in the middle of uh, medical like at Red Rover because I, I thought that was it. I'm, yeah. I'm done. They're kicking me out back to the streets yeah. over something so stupid that I couldn't prevent, you know, actually, no, they, they took care of me and everything. They're like, well, you're already here. So yeah. you're fine. I was like, that was like that's the awesome. biggest relief. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So going to boot camp and a school, uh, just so happy to <laughs> have a bed. And like, I turned 21 in a school in Pensacola. Mm. Like, yes. <laughs> this is the best. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, got to my first command. My only real command was because uh, I was right. I was in for four years. Um, I was an AO. Uh, I went to the Dwight D. Eisenhower. Mm. I was part of that that back to back deployment in 2012, 2013 That like we were supposed to come home after nine months, but stayed out for like over eleven. It was oh. just oh my god. My first ever deployment was over, was a little over nine months and I thought it was excruciating. So it was only supposed to be six and they like, we got done and then Iraqi freedom happened. They're like, oh yeah, no, you're going to go ahead and turn around and go shoot missiles at places. And I was like, oh, yeah, I thought it, I thought that was long. Like, holy crap. 11 months. Yeah. Cause we, we did, we came back for like Christmas. Um, we came back in the middle of December and left it, uh, I think. If I can remember right, like end of January, beginning of February. And so they gave us Christmas and that was when every single carrier was home. Yeah. Oh my God. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my command, I was, um, let's see, I was G1 ended up, I, I worked nights in mm. Aussie and, and then I was days on the flight deck. Um, I was not a terrible sailor. Yeah, I got I got my good cookie, but I wasn't. I will fully admit this. I was an idiot. I was finally like had money and friends and wasn't in that position anymore where I was scared all the time. So instead of paying more attention to what I was supposed to be doing as a sailor, I was much more um, uh, social. Yeah. So I knew like a lot of people and that's, it's great for networking. Like right. I didn't skate off to just go, you know, like find me in the smoke pit for, you know, uh, for the majority of the day. But, um, I did, I made a lot of friends when I was cranking. I made a lot of friends in shops that AOs typically don't talk to and 
at first it was great. And then it wasn't mm. because, um, I remember you, you did an interview and you were talking about, uh, perception versus reality. Yeah. And, oh my God. Whew. So as the majority of my fans know, I am like super gay. As in, <laughs> like I have a wife. That's how yeah. gay I am. Doesn't really get much gayer than that. <laughs> um, so when I was on the flight deck, I uh, I got grabbed one day by one of my khakis, one of my senior chiefs, and um, they're like, Gunner wants to speak with you. Like, Roger that, senior. And I walked down. It's like, what's up, Gunner? Because I was, my military bearing has never been great. <laughs> I've always been very like, yes, sir, no, sir. That's how I was raised and, you know, yeah. respectful of rank. But when you're locked in a tin can with 5,000 people, yeah. you, I just, like, what's up? <laughs> so yeah. like, um, Hey Gunner, you want, you want to see me? And basically I was told that I needed to stop being so t- flirty with the other AOs on the, on the deck and that she saw me talking to all the guys and I'm, I'm just, so I went to high school with like six of those dudes Yeah. and now we're on the same boat and like I have friends and I'm standing around not doing anything. Uh, I was talking while, you know, the birds aren't turning and I was so pissed that that was the first yeah. thing that they thought of was that I was just, cause I am, I'm not that kind of person. And I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, it looks like you're just being really, uh, uh, you know, flirty with everybody. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm talking. Yeah. And, you know, so I was just having to put up with that. And then, so I was like, all right, screw it. It's really hot in the Middle East and bobby pins are terrible. I'm going to cut my hair. Yeah. And I told AO1 one day, I was like, I'll be back 45 minutes. I'm going to go to the barber. And I got a military, like male regulation haircut. Wasn't yeah. touching the ears, long on top, like to the right standards. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't win because I came back to the shop and... I still got shit on. They're like, oh, I like my women with long hair. I'm like, I'm not your woman. Oh, I, yeah. I think you looked better with long hair. I don't give a shit. It's hot. Yeah. Like, yeah. which is it? Am I, am I like being too masculine, too feminine? Am I being yeah. flirty or am I not feminine, like girly well, enough for you? I, I don't Were get you it. not out at this time? So it wasn't I like. I was. So, I got, but, so why are they like giving you a hard time about flirting with dudes when you're very clearly not like. So I got outed actually. Um, yeah. When I joined, it was, uh, they had repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell in September when I was in A school. Okay. Um, like it was such a, like my mom, when I came out to her, it was the day I graduated boot camp. Uh, she flew out to see me, um, her and her husband, we were sitting there having dinner and he went to the bathroom and I was like, Hey, I have to tell you something. Cause at the time we weren't on good terms and I, you yeah. know, it was just like appreciative that she came out to see me. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to tell her. And if she has an issue with it, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. I'm going to a school tomorrow. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So I came out to her and she's like, yeah, okay. I was like, that's it. She's like, yeah, I don't really care. I yeah. kind of figured um, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I've been buying you like NASCAR toys and, uh, you know, like uh, Star Wars Legos and you've been rolling in mud since you were a child. Like, I, yeah, I kind of saw it. I was like, oh, oh. And when I went into surgery at 16, I was hitting on all 
of the nurses. So that kind of probably gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't help but just say when you go under. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, you're all like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder um, if I'm, gonna, I'm about to get that surgery and I, like, I'm sure I'll be under anesthesia. And I've seen all those funny YouTube videos of people oh, like coming from their wisdom teeth and stuff. Yeah. Luckily, my fiance was pretty together when she got her wisdom teeth pulled. But yeah, I wonder what I'm going to say when <laughs> I'm all oh, high man. and stuff. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's wild um nice. but yeah so uh she, all she told me was to be careful because at the time in boot camp like it still wasn't okay and my mother like i said she was 20 years navy when she was a recruiter uh she put um a girl into the navy who was out and she told her she's like you're going to do great things, but you need to keep that to yourself. Mm. And, you know, that could have ruined my mom's career and that could have ruined, you know, hers too. But she was great. Um, my mom got a letter from her like six years in that she got kicked out because she happened to flirt with somebody at a bar off base, like, you know, way out in town. And it was the wrong somebody. It was somebody yeah. at her command she didn't know. And they outed her and she got kicked out. Like it wasn't work related, anything. So my mom was concerned. So She's like, you know, be stupid. careful. Yeah. So, Cause I like we, the whole, the whole first, I don't even, I mean, so it was probably like almost 10 years before that I was in before that got repealed, I think. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, the whole first tour on my first submarine, they were gay dudes. Everybody knew nobody cared because it was like, you're not hitting on me. You're not being inappropriate. So like, I don't give a shit. Like I, it, it didn't, I don't know. It didn't even register. Cause I remember getting asked the question about when they started bringing enlisted women on submarines and that, like my cousin was doing like a, she's like a journalism uh, major. And she was, she asked me a question. It was like an assignment for school. And she was just like, how do you feel about it? I'm like, as long as they are in their dolphins, like everybody else, I don't care. Like it doesn't matter because in our mind, like everybody else was making this big deal out of it. But in the minds of the people actually doing the job every day with very very few exceptions. There was a couple of yeah. idiots that did some dumb stuff, but like that was always something that I saw it was always, it was yeah, never the people that were like, directly involved. It was care. everybody else. Yeah. They wanted to speak for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I got to the ship, uh, I was shown to my rack and I had a film strip of myself and my girlfriend at the time, um, mm-hmm. who was a Marine and, uh, this female, saw the pictures and I had them like magnetized in my rack and she yeah. goes, Oh, and I went, Oh, am I not supposed to have that? Is that gear adrift? Should I yeah, know, yeah. take them down? I, I don't want to get them taken away. She's like, no, you're fine. I just didn't realize. Uh, I was like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. Like I played it off. I was like, yeah, I'm not single. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Ladies. <laughs> so I played it off as best I could. Cause it was like day one, you know? Yeah. Um, and I came to work the next week because i think that was like a friday and i came to work and right after muster these guys come up to me and they're like so uh so and so told us you were gay like right there in the middle of the (laughs) shop there's my first class there's a chief in the office and i just i went pale like i knew you know don't ask don't tell was repealed but i was still so scared i was about to just get on yeah and i was like yeah who told you that? Yeah. Like, are you serious? And um, they're like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. You're chill. Do you want to go have dinner with the shop? Like we're doing this group thing. Oh, and I was good. like, Oh, that's awesome. Thank God. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Yeah. Who um, told you that so I can hate them forever? <laughs> yeah. Basically. 
Uh, I just, oof. And yeah. I, I would be, I wish that I could say, like, it did get better in terms of like, yeah, on the boat, surrounded by people, people don't really care. Yeah. But I encountered, uh, I've encountered like different people that are still really against it. Which, okay, I understand the Navy is, the military is a melting pot. People come from all over. I mean, my mom grew up, uh, everybody in her family was Navy, like U.S., Canadian Navy, everyone's Navy. Oh, wow. But the way my mom grew up was kind of sheltered in Oklahoma. She never saw a black person uh, or knew what a lesbian was until she joined the Navy. Yeah. You know, like people are sheltered. and Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So- I mean, even when I was getting married, I went to my parents and I was like, hey, guys, um, I just want to, you know, it's I know you've never had a problem uh, outright with it, but I just want to make sure that this isn't going to be a big deal, like a black sheep issue. Yeah. And I was told, Megan, you were never the black sheep because you were gay. <laughs> you're the black sheep because you're a friggin A.O. I was like, oh, my heart. Oh, it hurts. Oh, I mean, that's fair. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I had my, my first class, she was a saint and, mm. uh, my immediate, I, I think I could say that about the majority of my immediate, um, chain of command. Oh, that awesome. My first class is my second class is for the majority of them. They were some of the best people I'd ever met. Yeah. And they like, like I, I still keep in contact with as many as I can. Um, but uh, one of my first classes, she came to me and she was like, Hey, were you hanging out in the air supply, female birthing? And I was like, air supply. Yeah. I was sitting there like, I'm a la, la, la. no, uh, I was like, no, no, no. I was, I was waiting in the lounge for my friend. We were going to go to chow. Like I'd meet her every day for chow, just a, a buddy. Well, there was an incident in the birthing with some females playing grab and I was not one of them, but yeah. uh, I had been seen a bunch. And one of the um, LS's uh, first class, she was like known in the first class association for like, anytime something gay came up, she was instantly like triggered, super pissed. Uh. And she was telling other first classes that I was in there trying to get into people's racks. Like, Everyone in my birthing knew that I am so uncomfortable with like, if I get out of the shower, don't touch me. Don't look at me. I don't yeah, want to be, yeah. you know, around naked people. I'm not a prude to about pe other people. I'm just a prude about myself and I'm not <laughs> a touchy person. Like, don't touch me. Yeah. And so it was so weird to her to hear that I was doing that. I was like, yeah, because it wasn't me, yeah. but I, it's an easy target. Yeah. So I was told I couldn't go into uh, another female birthing because I might touch somebody who no, yeah, they might catch the bowl. disease. Like, yeah, the, the gayness. <gasps> so you, might, stupid. you might crave brunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, so, I mean, and I encountered a couple of those. I mean, um, my in doc, my best friend, uh, when I was in the Navy, absolute, just like sister, we fought and bickered so much. People assumed we were together that we were like already yeah. married. She's straight, two kids, you know, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But um, yeah. we were sitting in dock and this dude was talking like, yeah, I'm having a party. But yeah, old boy over there, he's I'm not going to invite him. Like, why not? Oh, I don't want gay people at my party. Like he flat out said that. And like, I just didn't say anything. 
And then months later, I happened to run into him like outside the gym and I was just downtrodden. He's like, hey, are you okay? And I looked, I was like, I'll be fine. My girlfriend just dumped me. And he had like the, that click moment. Yeah. And all he said was, I'm really sorry, man. Like, let me know if you need anything. It's like, I'll be fine. Thanks. <laughs> but like, that's the humanity of people. Like, what are you yeah. going to do in that second? You're not going like, to yeah. say something sideways. Just like somebody's right. hurting over something everybody can relate to. Right. So, you know, like, oh, the, the homos. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, almost. Uh, yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> idiots like that with like that type of a worldview based on some crap they probably learned off a of Facebook news source is just like really like because I bet you you know like six gay people but you just don't know and they're probably all your friends and yeah you know, like, it's this isn't who cares yeah. I never understood that because there's a bunch of dudes on my first boat that it was like you do you wouldn't know unless they told you and it was like because oh, yeah. they're just dudes they're just submariners like they're, and they're all they were all our friends and like my buddy uh, he when he left the boat it was the coolest thing ever because he was kind of guarded about it um, for, because back then it wasn't allowed we had this huge going away party for him where it was like there was like 25 people there and we all had like pink armbands on and there was like penis straws and like like crazy like and we were all just like because we wanted to know that like we wanted him to know he was loved man and we're just like dude we don't care like you're one of us like it does this isn't a thing like no one no one cares at all the gayest people in the military are straight men (laughs) Uh, yeah and it was so funny because it was like when you met him he's like this big burly dude looks like a linebacker real deep raspy voice he's like the mm-hmm. the prototypical straight man and then when you find out you're just like what and but it's like that proves you can't judge like anybody by anything other than their character you know a lot of people think my wife is straight and yeah. like when she was deployed if uh if i was out with friends and um they introduced me to someone like oh yeah yeah you know my wife's deployed here's a picture of her and it's always the men that do it but they'll look yeah. at me like they'll look at me up and down and then look yeah. at her picture and be like how how did you how did you get that did you turn her I'm like no oh my no. god shut like she's, up she's hot and you're yeah. I'm funny yeah <laughs> i mean i'm hilarious i am exactly and i'm a sexy what you talking about just ask my wife i always uh, <laughs> i always quote amy schumer because uh my so i'm effectively a chef right and, mm-hmm. uh and my fiance, uh, she's like, we were watching it one day and Amy Schumer's talking about how she's marrying a chef. And she goes, so like she opened a stand up bit with. So I married a chef. So basically, I'm a genius. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, she didn't marry me for my good looks because like, you know, that's kind of how people react to my fiance is she's like she's gorgeous and it's like mm-hmm. everybody tells me that and i'm like are you trying to like communicate that i'm the luckiest dude on the planet because a i already know and b <laughs> right? kind of fuck you because like i exactly. deserve this <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny oh man so how did so like you what first question is like why did you separate from the military and then the second is i kind of wanted to lead into like how did the scuttlebutt thing happen um so Ooh, okay. We're gonna get start wherever you now. want to start. It's fine. <laughs> um, after my second deployment, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I was in the dumps about a breakup and like, okay, everybody goes to that. But mm-hmm. um, I had gotten an apartment 
and I had gotten like my command. I, I didn't have my license. Um, yeah. my command forced me to go get a driver's license. Right. Um, and so then, you know, I got a car, I got an apartment and I was a third class renting with, um, a friend of mine from the boat and her girlfriend. And at first everything was great, but then it wasn't, you know how it goes where like someone just doesn't want to pay their side of the rent or you know, just, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so drama. my financial stability disappeared Yeah, and it was getting to the point where, uh, like I couldn't, I would have had to stay on the boat because I couldn't afford the gas to drive from uh, Portsmouth to Hampton. Yeah. Like I couldn't do it. Um, I was paying with like quarters. And uh, so I had volunteered to go into security forces uh, because it was time for an AO and a second class who was working really hard to make first um, didn't want to do it. And I really wanted the training. So, you know, the, the chance to go to SRFA. And so yeah, I volunteered. Yeah. Like an idiot. Volunteered. <laughs> I mean, it's going so good for me so far. Let's see what yeah. I can do now. And I mean, it was amazing because I did go to to SRFA. I got awesome training and and then and it stopped and I was just standing watch with everybody else, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Um and <laughs> it got to a point where uh I couldn't afford new boots and I had holes throughout my boots. They were old flight deck boots that were just going ratty. Yeah. And my um uh security um squad leader? No. I'm losing watch um, commander. So long ago. Watch commander, thank you. So long ago. He pulled me aside and he was like, you need to get a new uniform. Like I can't mm. afford it. Sorry. I could barely afford to drive home tonight. And so they bought me new boots. Like they they tricked me into like we were having a car I was having a conversation with someone about boot size and they bought me new boots and it was really humiliating because they presented it to me in front of everybody. Oh, that's so stupid. And I I started crying, not because I was super Happy, grateful, yeah. which I am, but it was yeah. so humiliating, you know, and like especially it just okay, that so that that was like, all right. I can't afford anything. Um, I'm kind of getting screwed here. And then a bunch of other just bad things started happening. And um, I was trying to get out of that apartment and I almost had to, uh, I I threatened to go to my JAG officer because they were just screwing me over. Uh, I started dating my wife at at the time. So we started dating. Um, And I, I'm so shocked that she stuck with me through it just because of all the the bs uh what kind of stuff was going on so the roommate's uh girlfriend didn't pay rent but she would they would leave like all the lights on and i had yeah. like hundreds and hundreds of dollars of electricity bills that they weren't helping me pay uh everything was in my name and oh, uh, everything was going wrong yeah. and i would come back to like uh like they weren't taking the dog out. So it, there's mess all yeah. over the floor. I have to clean it up. I just got home. It's three in the morning, you know? Um, and I couldn't afford it. I, yeah. I was paying with a credit card on everything. Uh, and I was so worried about like losing my security clearance over this. Like I was getting so scared. Yeah. Um, they, I tried to bring it up to like my watch commander and then a whole bunch of other stuff, like personal stuff with my, 
parents and my mom like going through a bunch of stuff that um with her her side of the family and like I can't do anything about it and right. I'm not doing well at work and you know I'm getting uh, hounded for stupid things that I'm doing wrong which I mm-hmm. like I, I recognize and um and I was just getting upset and more angry and empty and not um I felt like uh, I couldn't even run in place it's just like I'm going backwards uh, I'm getting yelled at all the time I'm too tired and too poor to drive home. I am in, you know, this was in the shipyards. I was much happier on the ocean. And yeah. this is in the uh, Portsmouth. I can't speak for other shipyards, but it's almost a universal <sighs> opinion from people I've talked to. Like I despise being in the shipyard. Like it's nice to go home every night, but I there's mm-hmm. just something about it. Like you can stand there and watch the happiness leave everybody's body as they trudge into the shipyard. Like it's yeah. the most bizarre thing ever. If you sat at one of the turnstiles and just like watch the employees walk in and watch the sailors walk in, it's just something about that environment. It's just, ugh. that's a career killer for a lot of people. Uh, I hate it. And I, uh, I started drinking more. I started Ooh. smoking like, pack and a half a day which was mainly i couldn't even afford that but i was like (laughs) bumming from people at work because you're in security everyone's just smoking um and i was so so unhappy and i actually uh i told my um a really good friend like I, i love him to death he was my partner in security and i told him one day i was like i'm having these really dark thoughts like every day i drive home on that bridge i just want to pull the wheel so yeah. hard, but I don't, I don't know why. I just, uh, and yeah. bless his heart. He said along the lines of, well, everybody's got it bad. You know, other people have it worse than you. Hmm. So I tried to tough that out and it, yeah. it, didn't, it just kept getting worse and I'm, everything was going wrong. And then one day I uh, got into an altercation with somebody, um, there was a potluck that they were going to do for security mm-hmm. and everyone was supposed to bring something. I yeah. couldn't afford it. And yeah. I was like going to tell everybody in the section that I couldn't afford it. And they're like, can you just bring like plasticware? No, I can't. You can't even just get that. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to come to the potluck cause I'm not going to eat. I'll just take yeah. your watch. Like, there you go. You can have the potluck and I'll yeah. stand your watch. And I turned to speak to uh, my second class and just like, quietly turned to speak to him and this person goes you know what you don't have to fucking talk shit and i snapped and i went to lunge at this person i was just so fed up it was constant like just and the only people that stopped this from happening were the actual like ma's everybody else was like yeah fight you know people are like well, yeah. I'm sorry. and the, <laughs> the ma's are like oh like let me actually do my job and stop that's mm-hmm. hilarious so <laughs> yeah i mean like my hand reached for my baton i didn't draw it but yeah. my hand reached i was like oh here we go and i am not a violent person <laughs> yeah, i i'm really yeah. not i was just at my max i was at my limit yeah. so a couple days later i asked because they kept this was what really screwed me personally like why i was so confused mm-hmm. they had been doing training with us they were like if you feel like upset depressed or do you have like dark thoughts tell somebody ask for help 
yeah. ask for help, suicide prevention, ask for help. Yeah. So I sat down with a second class. She was not an MA, but she was, you know, the uh, TAD just like I was. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, I need help. I have these thoughts. She's like, yeah. are you suicidal? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't want to kill myself, but I don't want to live anymore. Like, I'm done. And I know like talking about it now, like as I'm saying it, it doesn't sound as bad. Like I didn't deal with a death in the family. You know, I wasn't with the loss. Like, PS, people do have it worse. But it's now I've I've come to know it's a chemical imbalance and then yeah, compounded yeah. with the BS and daily life. Stress, because like yeah. yeah, and this was years ago. There's yeah. a lot that was going on and going wrong at once. And I just asked for help, like we were told to. Yeah. I got downloaded. Like, take your weapons off. And I sat in office and had all these khakis outside the door talking. And then it was like after midnight and it's snowing. We had a massive snowstorm. And they loaded me into a white van and said, we're going to take you to uh, the hospital. We're, you know, we're going to get you checked out. And I was like, no, 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 I, I'm not, I'm fine. I just, I'm okay. I just want to talk to somebody. Like, I just, I'm just asking for someone to talk to and like, yeah, yeah, no, you will, you will. So they take me over. And while uh, I was waiting, one of the, um, uh, one of my watch officers went and picked up my, uh, my girlfriend at the time and, mm. and my wife now and drove her from Oceana to Portsmouth Naval to sit with me. And it was like after midnight and the duty driver that drove me there was a first class AO that I had worked mm. with. And he like, my wife is still pissed about this to stay. He looked at me and he's like, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't. Are you, are you serious? Like I had to get out of my rack to drive you here. And I just, every little like hope I had for help, my yeah. own AO one, you know, not even security, but just like my own yeah. command just dissolved. And they checked me in to level five and uh, it's so surreal, like a padded room, you know, there's yeah. no, there's no corners on anything. The next morning, um, I was trying to talk to one of the corpsmen about something and he made a joke and I was pissed and I started yelling. I was like, how dare you yeah. talk down to me? He's like, Oh, is that a trigger for you? It's like, I have more oh fucking salt on my belt buckle than you have on your whole body i will lay you out like i was yeah that was that's not how i talk i am not well look at me i'm a badass no that's not me so like i was so mad and um i finally got to talk because they do like a your first day there after you go through like the classes and people are like hi i'm an alcoholic or hi i'm you know this that and the other like okay getting help great but I sat down with a board of doctors. One of them had a seal pendant. I thought that was cool. And I was like, I'm okay. I did what I was told. I asked for help and I I just asked for someone to talk to. And I feel like I just got thrown away. I got pushed off and moved That's how they dealt with every single case of, hey, I just need help. Like Mm -hmm. back then, that's like, I I remember it happening. And it was just like, that's how they dealt with everything back then. Is it different now? Uh, yeah, I would say that it is. I'm not going to say that it's like where it should be or like like where people need it to be. But like, I, I think it's a lot better. I think there's so like I can tell you and I, my my perspective is the submarine force. And so like I can tell you that we have this function called embedded mental health where they have on the waterfront. There's 
uh, like doctors, like psychiatric and psychologists or whatever. I always screw that term up. I don't know which one's which, but like the, there's doctors down there, like mental health professionals and like a staff where if something like that happens, like, so if, if you were on a submarine with me and you were like, Hey, I like, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm really stressed out. Like I, I really need to talk to somebody that, that I would walk you up to embedded mental health, no appointment needed. We just walk in, you sit down, you talk, they evaluate you by having a conversation and sit and see where you're at. And it might just be, they, there's like a whole spectrum of like, uh, where you're at, like they evaluate like what levels of help you needed, but it's like a spectrum now instead of like a, does the square peg fit into the square hole or the right, you know what I mean? Like where That's it's like, great. there's yeah. only a, a flow chart of two, two or three potential outcomes. Like now it's like a spectrum of just come up here once a week and talk to us, or, um, you're going to be up here once a day for an hour, or you need to come off the boat for a while. But we think in three months, approximately, we can get you back to fully operational or Mm -hmm. holy, holy crap. Like you need to come off right now and get some serious, like inpatient treatment. And it's like, there's just this, there's a difference. Like there's levels mm -hmm. to it, you know? And And there's also, they also do screenings where, uh, and it's, it was scary at first because it's like, what if you're wrong? But like, they're turns out they're really good at their job. Go figure. And it was like <laughs> the people that go up there that are like just malingering too, where they're like saying the buzzwords to try to get out of work or get off the boat. Mm-hmm. They will evaluate them. They'll turn them around in two hours and be like, no, like th- there is nothing wrong with this kid. If this happens again, permission granted to seek like non-judicial punishment this this kid's full of it and it's like oh okay and they're like because we did training with these guys as like the leadership structure and they were telling us like because the COs are like look from our angle it's like yes we want everybody to get the help they need but we also have to address the the issue we're having where more of the people that go up there are trying to get out of work than are actually seeking help and it's like what am i i can't say no like and i can't do anything about it and on a submarine if you take one person out of a six person division like that hurts and it's like i still have to do this mission thing over here so like how do we fix that and so they were they figured out a way and piloted this program and i'm pretty sure it's on every every waterfront for submarines i i can't speak for everyone else but i know there's a whole bunch of other awesome platforms out there now too that me and chief Khan talked about some of them and i'm far from an expert on any of them but like that one that i know a little more personally because i've i've gotten a little bit of training on it and i'm just See, more yeah. familiar and with the interaction e- piece even something like that that <sighs> That's wonderful. Like, that's amazing. I mean, because that's after I got put into level five, like everything tanked. It, it wasn't that it wasn't just the the fact that I got committed for a night. And yeah, it was just a night because I, I'll be completely honest with you. I talked my way out of it. Yeah. I absolutely probably should have sat down with somebody and stayed there for about a week or whatever. But I sat with that board and I joked. And I made light and I was like, yeah, no, I was just having a hard time. You know, life gets stressful, this and the other. And I'm, yeah. I had a whole bunch of these, I'm little, you know, third class POS, like, uh, I don't know who the hell you are, but here's all this, this brass just laughing. Yeah. And they're like, nah, you're good. So they sent me home yeah. and yeah. I had a buddy come pick me up. And I was so angry because after that, I can't be in security anymore. So I yeah. got sent back to my parent division, my right. parent division. My khaki sat down with me, gun boss, 
the master chief, everybody sat down and I had such great respect for these people. Like I just, these are the ones that like I wanted to be like, these are the yeah. people I watched when I was growing up. My, you know, my mom, dad interact with and, um, and they're like, you know, what happened? We're here for you. It's okay. Like mm-hmm. we're going to put you back in Aussie. Um, and I was so grateful. It's like, thank you. Like they're like, you know, if you, need to talk to somebody come talk to us open door policy but at the same time i wasn't going to use the open door for a master chief because that just was weird to me you know they're busy and but i was given us i was scheduled to go talk to the psycho the psych officer on the boat and i was i was like okay this could be great i'm gonna actually be i'm gonna get some help thank you to my division my parent division you know yeah i went to one meeting with him and he asked me a couple of questions. He's like, let's start before the Navy. I was like, okay, I was homeless. And then he like wouldn't get off that. He started talking about himself the whole time. And then he's like, oh, but when you were homeless, like, yeah, you're right. I was, but I wasn't like, it was a, a shitty situation, but this is worse. I didn't, you know, I wasn't trying to die when I was homeless. I was trying to right. do better. I had the, I had nothing to lose. So the only way it was up and, you know, I had to rely on myself. But I could do things here. I can't do things without asking anyone else's permission or being told, absolutely not. No, you cannot. And like he kept leaning on that. I was like, you're not getting it. I'm not sad about prior Navy. I'm sad, not even sad. I'm empty because this is everything I ever wanted in life. And I hate it. I hate everything that's happening right now. I hate how people are being kicked out of the military just because they want help when they're told to ask for help. It, it reminded me of the, the moment of truth in boot camp. Stand up and tell us that stupid pot you smoke story and you won't get kicked out. And you're, yeah, boom, you're gone. It's a trap. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, Hey kid, you feeling depressed? Yeah. Tell me about it. Good. It's called a (laughs) fucking discharge. So I didn't go back to him and somebody scheduled me appointments that I never knew about. So I'm getting phone calls like you missed your appointment at this hospital you've never heard of, uh, like out in town. No one tells me these things. So I gave up. I was, I was working and I was trying to do my best. I'm like, yeah, I'm back in Aussie and I'm going to, I'm going to buckle down. This is the job that I love. I love building these, these, you know, uh, all these uh, skids and everything, working with the guys. And it wasn't the same. I would go out to have a cigarette and the second class would come up to me and be like, so, cause I was told by my chain of command, no one will know. Like this is not, yeah. it's not going to leave this office. Nope. Right. Second class comes that up to AO1 me and goes, probably. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's like, so, uh, I heard you faked your way to out of security and you faked your, like, like uh, saying that I didn't want to be in security anymore. So I malingered, like I faked my way into the hospital right there in the smoke pit in front of everybody. And this, and I was, I couldn't even be mad. I was just so just disappointed and upset because I'll be goddamned, you know, I, I volunteered for security. I wanted to be yeah. there. Like I, uh, I wanted the training. I wanted the experiences of something new. And cause I already did, you know, I was cranking with FSA. I was working nights in Aussie. I worked on the flight deck. Like I, I love changing it up. And yeah. that was an option I had, but I was like, the rumors flew that I faked it to get out of it. And it, I just got worse. I was like, 
I don't see the point anymore in being here. I went to my gun boss eventually transferred and we got a new one and he didn't know me and I didn't know him. But I finally, uh, I went to the khakis and I was like, Hey, I, I want to do my job. I want to be at sea. I want to get any C's. I have tried applying for them and I've not been picked up. I've, uh, you know, this, that, and the other, I'm, I'm doing my best, but I'm not doing well here. Yeah. I'm, can I go to sea? Because people were volunteering for sea left and right because other boats were doing workups and they needed people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, no, 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 no. If you don't want to talk to somebody, go to the chaplain. If, yeah. you know, uh, why don't you just work on stuff here? I'm like, because we're in the yards, there's nothing to, to work on. I ended up getting sent to MSC. I worked with a bunch of different engineers and people from different divisions. And um, I really enjoyed that, uh, again, something different. And um, I had a wonderful, like two wonderful chiefs, incredible. Um, Oh my God. Like one of them, we we still talk Uh, when I started Scuttlebutt, he was right there. He was like, hell yeah, this is amazing. And I, I can honestly say, like, like I said before, my immediate, chain of command has always been wonderful it's just the the unfortunately the climate of the military is uh if you're upset and you try to fix it well you're you're gonna ruin it for everybody else like you're being selfish or you're just trying to get out of it or you know you're weak and i was always happy and smiling and joking around (laughs) and then i wasn't and they're like oh well something's obviously wrong with you. You're yeah. you're and I I fully admit like I became uh basically just there for the paycheck at that point. Like yeah. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um I'm not happy and <sighs> so yeah, that's my sob story. Uh, I'm going to have <laughs> to edit weird. out a lot of that. I'm so sorry. Um no, you're fine. I don't really tell people a lot of that. I mean, I, it's not I, something to be proud of. I like, well, look, I like the long form stuff anyway. Plus like just, uh, just being willing to, and actually relaying a story like that helps people. Like I can tell you that a lot of the stuff I've been seeing lately, like I'm, I'm trying to get, there's a group called saving sailors. You ever heard of it? I have not. So there's a Facebook group. Um, it's like a hashtag too. Like that's the way that they do it is saving sailors, but it's like a hashtag and there's a Facebook group and then they have like a page, but the group is where it's at where, uh, I joined the group, um, because I had, I just seen it and I'm always curious about different platforms that I see like sailors creating and like, like yours or like, uh, there's a ton of others. And, um, and I'll see, they'll either like follow my page or like something or I'll see it. Uh, it'll like get suggested to me or something. So I found them and checked out the group and it's like, there is like some of the most amazing stuff where it's just like a a person sharing a story and it's like, and and another one is uh, Jeff Bayless. Have you seen that? The video? I have not. Oh, look it up. It's so good. So I did a podcast with him that I just haven't released yet. Um, But there's a, he has a, I'll send you the link uh, at some point, but there, um, he does this talk where he's, he's actually been traveling around the Navy doing it where he, uh, he, he was a chief boatswain's mate, like lit the world on fire, got advanced really quick, got selected for an, uh, for LDO right after he made chief. And then he 
was an LDO for a while, was doing really well. And then right before he was going to put on lieutenant, he got in trouble. So he's having a bunch of personal issues that he just wasn't telling anybody about and he wasn't getting help and he was just ignoring and work, basically trying to work himself to death as to like ignore the fact that he had all these issues. And it came back to bite him. He ended up getting a DUI and a whole bunch of crazy stuff happened to where he ended up having to revert back to enlisted. And then once he had done that, so he's back to, he's a BMC again and he's just trying to stay in the Navy because he loves it. And they told him he had like, they basically just came back and said, no, you ha- you're getting force retired. And so he got to the point where everything had affected him to the, to this point of where he was finally humbled and understood kind of what was going on. And, and I don't know, like how it, how it applied to him and what good he could do. So he started talking about it, like everything that happened and how he didn't deal with the issues and, uh, how it could affect other people. And like, you should just get help because all of this could have been avoided. And it's like it, the talk itself is like, it's cool. Cause he's like super vulnerable and he's obviously just a real normal dude trying to help people. And just sharing the story is like, it affects people. Cause if you go through the comments on his video, it's like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Or this like helped me so much. Or this is like, this changed my life. And it's just him telling his story. So it's like every time anybody's willing to share that type of a story, it's I'm always just like, you never know. You know what I mean? Like I've had I've gotten crazy messages just from this podcast and all I'm talking about is leadership stuff. And it's like I've gotten the messages and thank yous and emails and all that where it's just like blows my mind that the impact that can be made just by telling a story. So it's like, I would, I mean, that's why I I felt so like blown away and akin to like all of, uh, uh, um, chief con stories on Reddit. I was just like, Oh man, I, where were you, you know, five years ago. (laughs) Um, and I, I, I'm glad I'm thankful that, everything's changing for the better. It's a slow process. I I get that, but it is the process that is taking place and that's wonderful. And I mean, I felt like an absolute piece of shit. My mom was, uh, one of the greatest sailors I've ever, she's my hero growing up because I mean, she's got so many medals, awards, decorations from not just the Navy, but like other branches and admirals and generals and like all these you know, she's done amazing things in her career. And I, she never told me anything otherwise, but I feel like I didn't live up, you know? Um, and then my wife, I'm so proud of everything she's accomplished and, Mm -hmm. uh, and still working on. I mean, uh, at the time of this recording, she will be hitting her eight year mark, uh, next week. So, you know, I've got surprises for her and I I've mentioned it before. Like I was like, you know, Hey babe, thought about rejoining the navy because i'm older now and wiser and stable and she she told me you know she remembers how just terrible i felt when i was in at the end of it and because when i went in i was so you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed this Mm -hmm. is a dream come true and it just killed all of it and uh and she's like we have an agreement the the only way i'm allowed to re-up is if like war war breaks out like like world war three yeah <laughs> we've gotten so close <laughs> um, but i mean i uh i did joke around a lot like in general i made a lot of friends and uh i have a lot of acquaintances and connections and um 
what I did to pass the time when I was deployed was I would, I, you know, those big old cargo pockets in our uh, flight deck pants and end ups. And when I wasn't on deck, I would pull out a little sketchbook. And whenever my uh, LPO or chief said something stupid, I would draw <laughs> it <laughs> and I just flip it and put it away. Uh-huh. And I kept doing that. And one day uh, I left it out. Um, we got called away for a job and I came back and my chief at the time, she's a, she's a, she's a gunner now. She's a mm. badass and I love her, but um, <laughs> she was holding it and she looks at me and she looks over at my LPO. She goes, a one come here. You see this? And he, he flips it. He goes, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Is this yours? I was like, yes, a one <laughs> Like, all right, keep it up and handed it back to me. I was like, oh, uh, thank God. <laughs> I'm yeah. in a lot of trouble right now. And uh, yeah, so I was, wet, you know, while I was underway, um, mm. I didn't do it. Like I didn't draw and I was upset. Um, yeah. But I, I got out of the Navy and then uh, uh, my wife was already stationed in Japan. Um, she got unaccompanied orders because we were both active duty. So while I was trying, she was getting her ord mod um, passed. I was uh, like on hiatus, basically. Like I get out of the navy, and I was gonna join her in a couple months. Mm-hmm. So while I was waiting, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna be on travel. Sketchbooks are so big. I'm gonna buy a a little Wacom tablet, like a little sixty dollar one from Best yeah. Buy, and I had a laptop, and I started to transcribe all my little doodles that were." God awful, <laughs> not an artist. And I started to transcribe them onto like digital format and I posted them on my Facebook, my personal Facebook. And yeah. my friends liked it. And they're like, oh, this is funny. Can I share it? I'm like, yeah, go for it. And overnight, people were like, hey, you should, you should put this on its own page. And so I yeah. did. And it took off. Like, oh, wow. oh my God, it took off. And That's I was, cool. I was blown away by it because like, I'm just, it was just funny stuff that it really like it would it it was exaggerated of course but it was just yeah. goofy stuff that i saw every day and uh i just kept doing that and um finally get to japan and get a house my wife's deployed i've been a country i've never been in yeah. uh with people i don't know this is great i'm having a wonderful time <laughs> so i kind of locked myself away and like started drawing but i was still like I'm in a whole new country out of the Navy. I should be super stoked. So happy. Yeah. Look at what I, I'm getting notoriety on the internet. No, I'm still <laughs> fucking depressed as shit. Like I feel terrible. And I finally, like I, I started going to school and I was driving to my class. It was on another, it was on the army base, not far away. And I had a panic attack and I called my best friend and I was like, I, I, I can't do this. And I went to go see her instead of going to class. And mm. Like everything just started spilling out about just so much that had happened in my life between, you know, uh, from the time I got committed to that day that had just turned everything upside down. Mm-hmm. Like I had just, I had found out I had a, a biological father and I just met him and that whole side of the family, like uh-huh. right before I went to Japan. So it was like, Oh my God, what is my life right now? Right. Um. So she told me I needed to go to the doctor and I did. And I was like, fine, fine, screw it. It's not like I can lose anything else. They'll just right. send me back to the States, you know? Yeah. And for the first time 
doctor said, yeah, yeah, you're, you're depressed. Like you have that you're clinically depressed. Uh, He's like, it's a, this is usually something that lasts for about two years or so. Um, I'm going to put you on this medication, see Mm. how it does, you know? And it's like, Oh, okay. There's an answer. (laughs) Yeah. There's a solution. Somebody actually is trying to find an answer to my problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was so used to, I was told in a, in boot camp you have Lyme's disease. I get to a school. We're gonna keep you under observation because of your Lyme's disease and keep you on your medication. I got to my first command and my the, I had to do a checkup with my doctor and he goes, "You don't have Lyme's disease." I was like, "Yes, yes, I do. Causes fatigue and joint pain." And here's my record and here's the medication I'm on. He goes, "No." Yeah. It's like with all due respect, may I get a second opinion at like you know like uh, Portsmouth? And I got like rank pulled on me and put it attention because I questioned this doctor and I was like, well, never again. <laughs> oh, well. stupid. Uh, so yeah, I, I got help and I got better and then I kept drawing and I kept like, uh, getting, you know, more people sharing my stuff. And what sucked was that I lived in a bubble again. Like I went from, Okay, homeless, no car, no way of getting around, just running, bubble. Uh, I went to the Navy, traveled the world in a tin can, bubble. (laughs) I went to Japan, don't speak the language. My wife's deployed. I don't know anyone. I don't have kids or pets, so it's creepy if I, like, go to the park to meet people. (laughs) Or if I go to, like, a football game. Will you be my friend? (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, it's a high school football game. Which kid is yours? I haven't decided yet. All of them. You know, like, I don't want to be that weirdo, so I'm just going to stay home. And that isn't healthy, you know? Um, I struggle with that, too. I'm I'm a homebody, and it's like, like, I'm a weird kind of like, I kind of like being alone and being at home, but there's like a balance to it where it like clearly gets to be bad. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. gets to where it's like negative where, and I've, I know that about myself where it's like, I need to like go out and make friends. Cause like every time I go to a new duty station, I'm, I'm kind of like that where it's like, like, yeah, I know some work people, but I don't usually hang out with work people outside of work with few exceptions. And it's like mm-hmm. my best friends, which I mean, the list I can count on one hand are all over the world. And so it's like when I'm here, I don't really thank God my fiance exists because otherwise it would just be a dog and I would never leave the house. And it's like I got lucky in a lot of commands where I would do a thing. So like when I did CrossFit, really tight knit community based thing. So I'd made a ton of friends. And that's like when I went to Connecticut, the, let me age my, let me date myself real quick. When I <laughs> went from Hawaii where I had a just ton of awesome boat friends. Cause that's usually how it works when you're junior. I went to Connecticut for shore duty. I went on MySpace and like looked up people that lived in, in the area I was going to in Connecticut. And I was like, uh, just see, I was like, I just generally curious. I wanted to see what people were like in Connecticut cause I'd never been there. And so I found this girl who's like still a friend of mine to this day that like liked all the same things I liked and was like into the same music and just looked really cool. So I, I like sent her a message. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and she's Were you like, in her hey. top eight? Uh, she no, have, like, I don't a, know. Maybe. A really cool like uh, yellow card <laughs> yeah, song on her MySpace. It was. MySpace that's the type. <laughs> hey, don't judge me. I was a yellow card, emo, <laughs> punk, whatever. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, that was kind of how it uh how and so we became like really really good friends and uh she was the type of human that like you walked into a place and she was either related to or friends with every single person in the bar or whatever so it's like i made a ton of friends through her so i got lucky a bunch of times but then like 
I mean, I can tell you coming back here, it's like, I mean, I made some friends off the boat and like, I, like I know people, but it's like, I don't, I don't like go out and be social very often unless I'm with my fiance or her family or like a work thing really. Like, and it's not like I don't think those people are my friends, but you know what I mean? Like there's like people that I'll spill my guts to. And then there's just people that I'll like, yeah, I mean, we can go hang out, I guess. But like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that like when we were in Japan, when the boat would come back in, cause their workups are, you know, every, they're the same time every year. Everybody knows that. And so her, my, my wife's friends were my friends. We were like a tight knit family we really right. were. Um, yeah. Everybody lived at the barracks, but we had a house. So we would have so, everybody yeah, over at like our place. Bad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, cooking and for Christmas and just, just, That's cool. you know, if, if you need a place to crash or the barracks is life is just getting to you. We have a spare bedroom yeah. and we were all the same age. And yeah. I was fresh out of the Navy, so I could still like we we still bonded over sea yeah, stories and stuff. Relate, we went to the bar. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't, you know, it, it I didn't relate to the wives. Um, I couldn't relate to like people with kids. And so I had two best friends who they they didn't have kids and their husbands were with my wife and they were deployed and we were so close, like uh best friends ever and then they pcs'd because that's what you do so (laughs) like and i love japan and i love exploring it was just it's it's really difficult like all my friends were gone when my wife was gone and then when we moved back to the states uh because we went from atsugi to iwakuni and then it was like okay we're going back to the states uh we're gonna uh go somewhere that's not going to suck. So hopefully not Lamar <laughs> and <laughs> I'll get to, you know, we'll get to meet people. And we ended up in the middle of nowhere in a, an extremely small town. Um, the closest city to us is an hour and a half away and everything fun is three hours away in literally wow. every direction. Like they pride themselves on this. Wow. So, but we moved here because my wife is, we're in California. That's, it's common yeah. knowledge. Um, yeah. My wife's originally from LA. Okay. She's the first person in her family, like immediate family to be in the military. Uh, her uncle or well, her, her grandfather's brother was a Marine. Um, uh, but uh, not a career Marine, just um, yeah, I think during the better. Vietnam war. And yeah, I mean, she didn't grow up military like i did so we have two very different backgrounds and i have very little family and she has a massive one so they're all in la and we moved close enough so we could finally be near them because she's been overseas for her whole career um so i mean i'm happy about that but at the same time it's like oh my god i'm in a bubble again and she goes to work and I'm at home and she comes home and she doesn't want to go out because she's been working yeah. all day, but I yeah. want to get the hell out of these walls. You know, yep. my fiance is pretty adventurous, but, uh, <laughs> but, and she always wants to do stuff. And not only am I like a homebody, but I'm also like, uh, because of the medical stuff that I told you about, like I'm exhausted all mm-hmm. the time. So it's like the six good hours a day where I'm at least minimally functional, most of which is forced by massive amounts of caffeine. It's like yeah. it, it's I do it's at work. Like I, I that bandwidth is expended already, and so it's like we she gets home and she wants to do stuff. And I'm just like like I I force myself as much as I can because I understand like we 
we've talked about it. Like I understand the frustration and it's not like I don't want to go hiking or like go outside and do stuff or walk the dogs or whatever, go hang out with their family or friends. But yeah, hopefully this gets fixed uh, when I get surgery. So, so, uh, let's refocus ourselves. Um, sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. So I'm curious. I've been working out. Yeah. (laughs) With like the the platform of Scuttlebutt, like so how was it like was it were you trying to accomplish something in particular or was it just like a venue for you to like be funny and like maybe help entertain like the people that are still active duty and doing it and stuff like that? And then how did you like because you kind of you transitioned it into a business once you started like because you just started publishing the comics and they got popular and they're like, oh, this could go somewhere. So like, how did you transition it into a business? Cause it's something I'm curious about going into going towards retirement. Uh, and I'm going to talk to somebody else about this soon that did yeah. something similar. And it, I'm just curious, like, like how you did those things. Cause there's, I guarantee there's a hundred people doing some form of something that like you were saying with the sketchbook in your pocket. And it's like, you could do something with that and you could start right now. Cause I've been doing this podcast for almost five years on active duty. And it's like, I'm not making any money off it. It's not a business, but it's, I started, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like the foundations built. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I started it, I was, uh, I was making doodles of my chain of command just to to tease them and just my own sanity. Honestly, uh, (laughs) I had a journal that I would write like, not necessarily poetry, but just really goofy short stories in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had little doodles at the bottom. I still have it floating around here somewhere. Um, and cause the biggest thing for me is humor. Like I just, I, I love making people laugh. I love, uh, I, I'm a bit of a class clown and I, I, it's not that I have to be the center of attention, it, but yeah. if the attention is on me, I want to, you know, uh, share humor with people, you know, um, I'm a happy person. I am. So it was like that the whole dark period in my career, that's, I just, it was so off for me. So my biggest thing that kept me going was humor. And, uh, I think like, I don't know, I, if somebody else was having a bad day, it wasn't for me to tell it, it wasn't right for me to say like other people have it worse or get over it. It was yeah. to make them laugh. I yeah. don't handle death. Well, I've had a lot of close people in my life die, a lot of mm. suicides, uh, mm. and I do not take it well. So I joke and I make other people laugh and, you know, not inappropriately. I, I don't find it funny to slam people. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's really, there's definitely a camaraderie and dark humor that we all share that we've all experienced. And when I started posting the comics, it was literally just for my friends and be like, Hey guys, can you relate to this bull right here? And like, Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny. Um, I wasn't trying to be like a great artist. Cause I, I mean, look at my early stuff. They're just, they're, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a doodle. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I talk <laughs> about the podcast when people ask me like, cause there's, I've talked to a bunch of people that are 
that are thinking about or ha- like have started podcasts and like are looking for advice because apparently I'm good at it. I don't know. Like and I like yeah, look I- back. <laughs> I'm like, go listen to the ones from the very beginning. man. I was like recording them on a crappy microphone in my car like and yeah, I had a crappy. Yeah. It's like just do it. Just start the putting substance. the content out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the focus of the subject, not necessarily the way that the, the mediums portray it. So right. like I, I've seen I mean, you've got comics that are out there made with stick figures, but yeah. they're good they're so Hilarious. good uh i mean you've got xkcd and you've got um you know the claw of knowledge with brian runyon's coast guard comic and and then you've got artists that are incredible and have good good contact and uh i mean you know um uh, another naval artist is uh uh lieutenant zach morris he draws the landing strip i can't relate to everything because i'm not an officer but right. the jokes land like it's yeah. good art and it's funny. And then you've got, um, you know, just no matter what the medium is, if the message is good, people will want that people will enjoy it, right. you know, just as for your audience. And so with Scuttlebutt, it really started to evolve because I've always wanted to I, I love the the jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, like I said before, I, I love doing different things i want different training and jumping into all different types of categories of stuff and throw it at the wall and see what sticks um that's probably why i'm adhd (laughs) (laughs) the issue is completing the project once i started right so i started doing scuttlebutt and um which i'm gonna put out right now (laughs) there is a coast guard comic that was that stopped writing i think in like 2010 i was in Mm. high school no, I wasn't. I graduated. Either way, I wasn't in the Navy yet, but um, it's called Scuttlebutt. And I did not know that when I started yeah. <laughs> at all. I named it Scuttlebutt because Scuttlebutt means rumor or something yeah, to talk yeah. about. And right. I was like, I can make my comic something to talk about. Look at me. I'm right. so freaking clever. Uh, <laughs> I'm so dumb. I didn't do research. <laughs> so my Scuttlebutt has the black border. Yeah. Theirs doesn't. That's and also my name. And yeah, the Navy. Yeah. Um so I started it just to make my friends laugh and then other sailors were laughing. And so I was like, that's the best like morale booster is humor. Right. And that's why I have a, uh, you know, my everything in the military's catchphrase or motto is in Latin. So my mm. motto is Latin for laugh through it. Yeah. Redeep per am is laugh through it because sometimes shit gets like really hard. And right. Sometimes all you can do is laugh through it yeah. at that, at that moment, like there, you know, so that's, that was my biggest thing was to relate to all of the stuff that all of us go through. Like, no, I was not a, a sub sailor and I'm not, I wasn't in SWIC and I'm not a male. And, you know, I didn't do 20 years and I wasn't in that community, but I tried to make jokes that all communities in the Navy and other branches can relate to. I have gotten requests like, Oh, this is great. Can you do one for like sub submariners? And like, right. I feel really bad because I've never been in that community. If I try to make a joke and it won't land because I don't know what I'm talking about, or I will do something and I'm worried that like, well, actually um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I don't I know, mean, man, yeah. like, I'm not going to make a, 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 I'm not going to write a book about anything in the Air Force because right. I don't know anything about the Air Force. Yeah, so but there's some universal truths for sailors, too, where it's like, 
I feel like if you taught, like if you tried, like, and plus, like, just scan it by me. I'll tell you if it's funny. Like, <laughs> but like, or like in other communities, right? If you did one for like a different community that you weren't in, but yeah, there's some universal truths too that. Yeah, and like, I, I mean, I do try to do those. I've made yeah. a few comics okay. for like uh, for nukes and everything. So everybody knows about the nukes, and right. everybody teases AOs. Like, yeah, it's yeah, okay, yeah. but um, it's I, I remember I did a joke about uh, FCs versus oh god, what's the other one? F. Uh, I couldn't even tell you. the The rating symbols are similar, mm-hmm. so I was like, um, it, "It was a joke between the two rates." And then I got feedback of like, "Oh, that's funny, but we're actually more at odds with the GMs, not the FCs." And I was like, uh, okay. "See, I don't know that because I'm not part of that community." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, like I could have done better, but I, right. I mm, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah." Also, yeah. I've been like, for the most part, I could say um, my fans are amazing people. I yeah. have I've been told horror stories of like people posting their comics on Reddit on different mm. like oh, military yeah. subreddits and so, just getting torn to shit. But right. every time I've done it, for the majority, everyone's yeah. been very supportive and that's what's, chill. Yeah, that's what's interesting for me is like I was terrified when I first started doing this that I was going to get a ton of negative feedback and like. Like, who does this guy think he is telling us how to do leadership, blah, 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 or like even telling anyone. And so like I I, I first sent out the introduction episode to like, I think it was like five people. It was a couple of chiefs I trusted that were good friends of mine, um, some junior sailors that had worked for me or that were my students that were the type of people that I trusted to give me honest feedback and not just tell me I'm an idiot. And I was like, hey, like, am I stupid or is this something that could be useful and like universally positive? So I'm like, all right. So then I started doing it and it's almost been universal, universally positive feedback. Um, the only negative stuff I've ever gotten is on Reddit because and even then, like I went in thinking like, oh, OK, this is going to be like I'm in the gladiator stadium and I'm going to have to like go to <laughs> war with people. But it was almost universally positive, except for a couple of trolls like and Mm -hmm. I categorize constructive criticism and just like a healthy discourse as positive because there's a whole bunch of people on Reddit that disagree with some of the things that I say, but it's like they're willing to have a conversation with me. And that's what I'm like, this is and it's none of it is ever like you're a complete idiot. It's just like, well, I don't agree with you because of this. And sometimes I'm able to provide provide them perspective they don't have. Sometimes they're able to do that for me or sometimes we just agree to disagree. But like basically because like sometimes there's a lot of sailors that have had such negative experiences with chiefs or with leadership or with the Navy in general that we're past like recovering. You know, what I mean, they've oh, just yeah. decided that it's the evil empire. And I get it. I I've. I understand how a sailor can end up in that place, but um, the yeah, I, there was a couple of trolls that I argued with in a way that I was just like, like, why don't we have a conversation instead of you just saying negative things? And it was like, it was pretty easily shut down. And honestly, a lot of times uh, the people on Reddit shut them down. Like they like, I didn't even get to it before yeah. a bunch of other Redditors were just like, shut up. Like, you're an idiot. why don't you have an actual car? Like, so they destroyed them for me. So it was, it was pretty good, but yeah, I I was shocked by that. I really thought there would at least be some, I don't know, some kind of like a backlash or something. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've never, still never experienced it. It's been like almost universally positive. I uh, I told my wife that every time I I have thick skin for the most part, but 
not like, I don't know. I want to make people happy. So if I like, if I'm, if I fail that or if someone's pissed off at me, I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Stop saying sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying sorry too much. When I, when I post my comics, I'm like, okay, this is either, I think it's funny. Like I worked really hard on this. Uh, uh, and I redrew it like four times, but I hope yeah. you like it. And then like every time I go to post, I'm like, the internet is going to kill you. Yeah. You to shreds. <laughs> You're nothing, kid. You're worthless. Yeah. Uh, I've had two interactions um, that really were really harsh. Uh, the first one was the November of the first year I started drawing. Yeah. I posted. So my birthday is November 10th. And so the 11th is Veterans Day. And I posted a Veterans Day comic. It was the first one to go viral, like the first one to hit. Well, viral for me at the time was the first one to go over a thousand shares and likes and views and stuff. Wow. And it was, uh, it was the most controversial one I've ever done. Um, a lot of people hate me for it. Apparently they're like, this is bullshit. That's how you feel. I'm blocking you. Yeah. So what it was, was basically, uh, outside of Denny's and it Mm. was a, uh, veteran, Wearing oh, like geez. a U.S. Navy vet hat, yeah, <laughs> like smacking a uh, an airman or a seaman in peanut butter, smacking him with a roll of paper, and it was it was along the lines of like, um, what do you think you're doing? Like you haven't earned a free Veterans Day meal. It's for people that served. Like I'm smacking you with my DD two fourteen, yeah. And it there's a joke in there. I just I don't remember it right now. But yeah, what yeah. it was is that in my my perspective that. Again, going from having nothing being homeless into the Navy, I got three hot meals a day, a shower, a bed, a paycheck, free medical. I was taken care of. Yeah. I I was good to fucking go. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't need free stuff. I've already got free stuff. Like, yeah. the, my taxpayers are paying for everything. What, what am I doing? I am not even in the fleet yet. So that was the joke. It, this kid had nothing on his uniform. And... Veterans Day is for vets, you know, people that served and it's a thank you. And if yeah. a company gives free meals, it's awesome. But then you've got these people that I have yeah. seen yeah. leave the barracks on, in a school, line up around the corner yeah. in their uniform as thank me for my service. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, that's funny. I've seen that. And then it, even it more people. Yeah. yeah. Even more people were like, thank you. You're just a dependent. You, you've oh, never served. You, uh, like. Uh, it, it oh it was a facebook massacre a, and i was like well i'm funny, never doing like, that again yeah you're poking fun at something that's real and it happens and i've seen it too and it disgusts me like i've been standing at like the i'll be at the airport and it's like i'm not like a freaking medal of honor recipient like like gonna be in the naval lore forever like people are gonna forget my name five minutes after i leave but the when I see like fresh out of boot camp, like service members going up to the desk, like, can I get upgraded to first class for free? Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, really? Like, that's, that's not why you do this for a living, but like, they know that it's a, it's the culture exists of like the thank you for your service thing, which is a beautiful thing. And I love that our country like loves us like that. And I, cause I've talked to my uncles who are Vietnam veteran Marines mm-hmm. and it's like, that's not the welcome home they got. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah. And those guys were in combat and it's just like, 
I don't, I just don't understand that, that part of it. And it's like, it's for sure a minority, but there's a bunch of goons out there doing stuff like that. And that's, it's a thing that happens and it's real and it's funny. And it's like, why are you getting mad, bro? Like, I'm not talking about everybody. If the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. Like, yeah, <laughs> why I, are you yeah, mad? I, for the, the first year that I was in, I got compared to like other cartoonists and other things because military yeah. cartoons is an it's a niche community and and I, I expected it but i was like oh my god i'm getting i'm just getting beat down that the uh the second time overall like i said though my, my fans have been wonderful um yeah. and so supportive after the earthquake i got so many private messages asking if if my wife and i are okay and uh because we got evacuated to another naval base and people were like coming out of the woodwork like if you need a a hot meal where you can that's stay so cool. with us it's like that's yeah. amazing you yeah. guys are wonderful we're okay i appreciate it um the uh the second one actually happened to me i i was at a bar with a friend in in japan it was a karaoke bar and there was a woman who was super drunk and i was singing karaoke in a booth and this woman sat, sat down next to me and she's like cornered me in a booth and she's trying to come on to me about like, uh, she's like, my husband's deployed and I can do yeah. anything I want. He's a Marine. I was like, uh-huh, that's cool. I am happily married to my wife. Oh, that's hot. You should come home with me. I was like, oh, this is <laughs> weird. And the whole time she's doing this, I'm trying to sing my song because I'm like yeah. getting it on some shine down. <laughs> you know, I'm like, excuse me. This is my thing. I'm busy. So, yeah. So I made a comic the next day and I, I tweaked it to be more like a, a male female thing. And mm-hmm. I changed the song and it wasn't a good comic. Some people thought it was stupid as shit, which, okay, that's fair. Yeah. My life is not exciting, I guess. <laughs> so uh, when I posted it, two comments came up. One was, yeah, like that happened. And I was like, I'm not going to argue. It happened, but okay. I mean, I <laughs> embellished because it's for humor, but yeah. Okay. The second one, this guy goes, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I replied to him. I never do flame wars. I never argue. I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. But uh, if hopefully I have other comics that are more up your alley, you should probably check those out. Yeah. And he replied and he goes, well, I didn't. I didn't expect, uh, yeah, you know, a reply. I didn't expect you to be polite, and I was like, yeah. "Yeah, what's up, man?" He's like, "Oh, sorry." I was like, "It's cool. Everybody has different experiences there, and humor." Yeah, there are trolls out there that like they don't expect you to reply. You know what I mean? Like I've heard celebrities talk about that where it's like, they're just talking smack to try to get the attention of somebody that has a bigger platform than them, than them. And it's like, then it, when it happens, they don't know what to do. It's like, like, what do I do with my hands? Ah, uh, I'm sorry. I actually love you. Like your stuff is amazing. Like they just wanted your attention and they thought that was the way to get it or something like, yeah, that's, I've never had that happen except for, a troll on reddit but i think he was just i was i'm an easy target because i openly admit that i'm a senior chief and so it's like if i <laughs> if i vulnerably like present my material on reddit and say please have a conversation with me of course kids like that are gonna take that as like a oh weapons free like yeah, right? i'm gonna destroy this dude and it's like yeah, there, luckily there's not been very many of them which has surprised me because going in i didn't know what i was i I had only heard about Reddit and I was like, oh, I'm going to get destroyed, but this should be fun. You know, <laughs> like I have extremely thick skin and uh, cause you know, submarining, but 
Yeah. yeah, I just going in, I was like, this is going to be interesting. And I'm probably not going to reply much because I thought because even the mods, all the all the moderators were like, are you sure you want to do this? Because we've had people like you come in and then like they just leave because they get sick of it because people are destroying them. And I'm like, I like oh, I can't imagine an environment where unless it was just all like. Talking shit like it. If it wasn't productive and like I didn't think I was the dialogue was good and I didn't connect with all these amazing people like because a lot of the interviews I've done have been people I've connected with on Reddit. So it's like it's amazing. And like mm-hmm. I get a lot out of it. And so um, I, if it had if it wasn't so productive, I wouldn't do it. But like, yeah, I'm like, why would I ever not do this? Like, it's amazing. I get a lot out of it. So even yeah, with, even my- though there are people like that there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the internet. It's to yeah. be expected. I'm just not yeah. a flame war type person. So if anybody yeah. like when people say stupid shit, I'm like, okay, well, thank you for your criticisms. I will take yeah. that into account for that's, next time. It's that's easy. usually yeah. how I react. I've I my first yeah. uh, ooh, my first thing on Reddit. I I was so sad. So I I made another account on my Reddit. I made it actually like Scuttlebutt Meg Scuttlebutt underscore Meg. That is my mm-hmm. Scuttlebutt account because I have a personal one where I ha- post my cat videos. That's about <laughs> it. Um, so I I messaged the one of the mods. I messaged the mod team and I was like, "Hi, uh, I would like to post a picture that I drew of Chief Khan. Is that okay?" It was like the first picture I drew. Yeah, and. He's like, yeah, are you trying to uh, like make money off of this post? Like, absolutely not. It's just a thank yeah. you. That's all it is. And he's like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Just don't try to monetize. Like, I don't do that, but okay. So I posted it with a, you know, I appreciate what you're doing, chief. Keep it up. Like, that's yeah. better than, you know, what it was. And you're doing great things. And I went to bed because I was on a night schedule like my wife. And when yeah. I woke up mid-afternoon, I saw you have been banned from our Navy. I'm like, what? What? What did I do? Turns out because I posted art, there's a bot that goes through and steals art on a lot of different subreddits and then will link the post to come buy this t-shirt or poster of this art. So I told him when I asked, I was like, yeah, this is my scuttlebutt Reddit, but I have a personal one. It's just cat videos. He goes, okay, cool. So he banned me and then posted. He's like, um, OP is a liar and promised she wouldn't do this. And now she, she and her accounts have been banned. And I was so upset. I was like, I am not a liar. I am. I'm, I promise I'm not a thief. I'm not a, I didn't do this. Yeah. This is not me. And other people were like, no, 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 this is a bot. This isn't yeah. her. We're really sorry. Yeah. And they, I, I messaged them. I was like, I am so sorry. You think this terrible thing about me now? Cause yeah. Like, oh my God, no, that's not. I'm just trying to share some pictures. So they reinstated it immediately, but it's still like, ah, people messing with my, my little reputation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I ask a lot of people this and I'm curious, like, uh, of like, you, you've already talked about some of it, but like, what are, what were some of your good and bad leadership experiences and more like in relation to uh, during your experience in the Navy, like what, like what's your perspective on the perceived or real divide between like junior enlisted and and the chiefs. Um, And I'm sure your, your wife has relayed some stories too, but like, just like the, like, is there a real issue or is it perceived because of how vocal some people are about it? Like kind of, how do you, how do you feel about it? I'm just curious. So when I was growing up, 
when I was younger, my dad had already retired. So I didn't really see much from his naval service because I was too little. But my mom, um, she uh, she was before she retired, she was LPO out of Pax River. And I interacted a lot with uh, people in her squadron that would, you know, there would be picnics and people would come over to our house for cookouts. And I met her lieutenant. I met her chiefs, other first classes. Mm-hmm. And um I listened to how my mom spoke about, you know, like coming home from work and what her day was like and who she dealt with. So I had an idea of what to expect when it came to leadership, like the reality of people versus what you see in a commercial or on in the movies. Right. Um, so in my mind, it was a little more down Periscope than it was like, <laughs> uh, you know, like. Battle on for Red October, yeah. I use that. And- yeah, I use that analogy all the time. Like when people are asking about what submarine is really like, I'm like, it's 95% down Periscope, 5% yeah. Hunt for Red October. Like it's like. <laughs> so that that's what I I went in thinking. Like, okay, they are people. This is a job first and foremost. Have you know the respect for the rank? Uh, you know, do what you're told. Be on time. Be in uniform. Um, I was under the impression that if you had an issue, you go, you use the chain of command, right? That you would never see your chief, that you rarely saw a khaki. So being approached and spoke to by senior chief and gunner and like khakis coming up and talking and like getting mad about something or, uh, seeing the, um, you know, you know, I thought it was going to be praise in public, reprimand in private. It wasn't. It's like everything came out at, at, at quarters and I was like, wow, this is really different than I expected. Okay, cool. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to learn because I'd never experienced this, obviously. Um, my first interaction with a khaki was in boot camp. He hated my guts. <laughs> uh, and then I... I had some personally, I had, I worked under some incredible chiefs. Uh, if I can name drop, I'll, I'll put it out there right now. Master Chief Kason, she is probably the greatest uh, khaki woman leader AO that I've ever known. Um, and uh, Chief Hardy was my AO one. He's incredible and just so many good people. But at the same time, yeah, there's absolutely some just pieces of like I I I know that's a little harsh. Like, okay, from what we were told was that uh, you know, second class is the best rank to be at. You're right in the center of management. First class sucks because you get on by the chiefs, but at least they're like a blocking wall for you against khaki like stupidity and bureaucracy until everything went sideways. And, uh, I mean, I witnessed, I witnessed a brand new, like newly frocked or not frog pinned chief. Um, there was a scandal and they were doing the good old boy thing, looking out for each other and yeah. told a, uh, airman to lie to NCIS. And Ugh. he was scared shitless that if he didn't yeah. lie, this chief was going to like ream him over. I was like, it's NCIS, man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, seeing like the stupid things that chiefs did, uh, when I was cranking, we had a chief, um, it came out like it was in the Navy times about him 
uh, a sexual assault charge and mm. he just got a slap on the wrist and a transfer. And we were always told that chiefs could do no wrong because it takes a power, it takes an act of Congress yeah. to bust me down. Like you really are an asshole. Like, whatever. And so it was, it, it became an us versus them thought of, yeah, yeah. Ask the chief. No, don't ask the chief. Chief is going to get angry and mm. like chief doesn't know, or, you know, you hear all these chiefs, uh, calling each other by their first names yeah. right there on the mess decks. And you're like, what? what? Okay. This yeah. is new. Yeah. And th- again, this is all like, right. When I got to the boat, right. Like, boom, throw into deployment. Like what is happening? Yeah. Um, we would get like it. And it's, I don't think it's the chief's mess that does it. I mean, what I think it is, is that all types of people join the military and right. it brings out the best or it brings out the worst in each of us. And, uh, it, especially when it comes to how you treat people and favoritism and you know leadership and the perceived notion of uh she's an attractive female she must be blowing everybody she's a bear. so you know like like oh don't go near her because mm. it's just like oh my god or you know we have a problem with so and so he's a piece of shit like what's going on in his life that he's having a hard time you know maybe don't throw him into right. uh cranking why don't you talk to him find out what's yeah. up yeah. um but it you, you end up with people who that's how they were as first classes and then when they become chiefs and they're they basically it feels as though from my perspective i cannot speak for everybody but it felt as though they got a pass on things yeah. and i have seen exceptions i've seen you know uh chiefs lose rank over some stupid fraternization i've seen but i've also seen stuff get swept under the rug uh and just like i've seen lower enlisted get reamed 45 45 half months pay get the fuck out but the chief gets a slap on the wrist right you know what i mean and it's again and this is just everybody knows it everyone's seen it this is common stuff and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be accepted as like well that's just how it is that's the goat locker um Mm. And I don't want to paint a broad brush. And when I draw my comics, I poke fun at everybody from the new guy to I don't think I will ever be invited to anything from Big Navy because I've poked fun at the at the CNO. Right. I didn't slam him. I was just, you know, like it's it's not a healthy thought of this is the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows that. But that's it's like a, a part of complacency where. Well, what are we going to do? How can we change it? It's a chief. I, I I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's much that the little guy can do except be better, you know? And I think there's a, there's a lot of like what you're doing with this podcast and like recognizing, like one of my favorite ones you did was um, when you had, you were having a hard day and you were like, screw this. I'm not going to park all the fucking way out here and yeah, walk to the boat. Yeah. And you parked in a spot and a, a lower enlisted called you out. And the fact yeah. that you were like, yeah, no, you're right. My bad. I fucked up meant that that's huge yeah. for somebody to take responsibility for their actions to say like, no, 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 I was in the wrong, especially in a position like, like that where you're, you are higher up. Cause it, it's kind of, Chief's medals are messed up. I don't want to say anything even respectful yeah. to him because how fucking dare you call me out? You know, yeah, you yeah. worry about that. So like, uh, cause people get that sense of self-importance sometimes. And yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, think I lost my train of thought on that. Oh, you're good. Yeah. I think it's like there's a cultural thing that needs to get fixed. And I like I, when I talk to a lot of people about it, there there's a lot of because like when you're saying it's the like the little guy can't really do anything. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true because there are some little little guys out there that have made some big waves with some of the the ways in which they were willing to speak out and uh, even just and there was a, the kids anonymous whoever whoever did this but the CMC that he was having a career development board with published like the the experience and story because it made such an impression on him where he this kid told him he didn't want to be a chief because he had never seen a chief chief he wanted to emulate yeah Yeah, i saw that 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 went everywhere i I did a podcast about it he was on the proceedings podcast with uh paul kingsbury and like there's a lot of it got a lot of discussion going um and so i think that they do have the ability to to impact it. It's kind of like because like you're the end user of my leadership. So it's like if I'm doing a bad job like that should I should hear about it in much the same way as like any customer on the receiving end of any service would be voicing their displeasure if it didn't, you know, meet the standards that they expected it to. So, uh, I mean, there are times where it can border on like insubordination and you're talking about good or discipline and all these other things, but that feedback doesn't fall into that. Like I should be willing to receive that type of stuff and, and use it as a way to get better. Um, but I think that there's something cultural where it's like, we are, we're in, we're indoctrinated into an environment where we think that, we're supposed to have all the answers and we're supposed to meet impossible standards. And we're uh, some of the things that are, are caricatured by people on the outside looking in. It's like, it's true. Like, like that's why it's a joke is like that those things happen and you're in your, that's part of your in doc. And, and like when I came in, I was kind of like, what? No, I'm not doing that. Like that doesn't make any sense. So I've talked to a lot of friends on the way up about, uh, like they were talking about getting out and we would have long conversations about the things that we didn't like about the mess. And it was just like, look, if you were in it, your ability to change from within would be felt, you know what I mean? Like there would be Mm -hmm. sailors out there that got a good impression of a chief because you were their chief. And I know a lot of sailors that I was able to do that for, even if they encountered others later that, that left that sting. It was like, they at least know that a good chief exists somewhere. Like that's not a unicorn. It's real and they're out there. And I interact with a lot of them all the time via this platform. And it's just like, I feel like a lot of it can be fixed through like leadership development and education, which is the thing that I'm always, you know, beating the drum on, but Mm -hmm. I I don't agree with you. I I do agree with you. Um, I stay, I'll stand corrected with the, the little guy thing. I think what it is, is, so here's an analogy. Um, when somebody is unhappy at work, let's say at a, at a restaurant, a chain restaurant that has like a social media platform, right. either they're unhappy uh, at work or unhappy being getting the service that they, they received. So they post it on a social media platform and it gets attention from other people who can relate and it gets shared. And like, mm. do you see this? So it t- gets taken care of quickly and resolved and it becomes a huge thing because they want to save face. Mm. So 
I think when, and this is not to downplay the severity or importance of what that sailor did, because he's absolutely right. And I love like reading that article and everything. Uh, I'm just saying that it came to light and I'm glad that it did. But on the mass majority like spectrum, if like a nine to five worker has a complaint and takes it to their immediate management, okay, big, big, uh, you know, company doesn't know about that, but management mm-hmm. doesn't take care of it. They don't take care of their people at that level. Um, and it shows little worker dude that he's not like he could be replaced, you know, yeah. is he makes no difference. It's just yeah. go back, go to work, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. Don't worry about do as I say, not as I do. Don't worry about us. So with the Navy, yeah, big Navy, big, you know, um, outreach and stories, they come to light. They do. But more often than not, uh, I, I feel I'm again, not speaking for everybody, but I feel like you've got, if, if there is a, a, a shop that has a very bad environment or an entire command, like what was it? The Shiloh, like yeah, you've got things yeah. like that, that aren't brought to light to big Navy or, you know, it's just you try to take care of it at the lowest level possible because that's what you're told to do. That's what you're supposed yeah. to do. That's how the military works. And it doesn't get taken care of. And then, I mean, it's on even the most basic of things. I need emergency leave. No, I no, no, no you can't say no. You yeah. have no authority. It goes higher. But people get told no. And they're like, well, I can't do anything. I'm angry now. Like, no, no, no. Take it higher. And if they don't yeah. do it, take it higher. But people get so shot down like pulled rank i'm your chief or i'm your first class i'm your lieutenant what i say how dare you i have so much more over you you know how dare you question then they feel like well yep now i'm just going myself sorry yeah (laughs) no i totally get it yeah yeah i definitely a lot of the stories i hear it's just like because i did this thread on reddit where it was like what are you like asking this basically this question and it the some of the stories i got like i just was like wow like i And it's because of that dynamic where you're right, where they're definitely look looking up at a structure that they it's very difficult to affect any change. But I don't know. There's op eds in the Navy Times where the and God bless them. Like there's a second class that had the stones to do an op ed, put his name on it while he's still on active duty and shot. Yeah. And shockingly got a lot of support from his command. Apparently that he did a podcast with the proceedings guys and i listened to it and i actually did a response to his and he i think he did too it might have been a different guy but i'm pretty sure it was the same kid um he did too and my initial reaction was like vitriol but not because he had a problem with the mess because it the the article came off as like whining and i was just like what are you doing about it like there's a responsibility at that at that level where it's like, what are you doing to f- to fix the problem? But then it was like my opinions have developed with time where I'm just like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have reacted <laughs> like reacted that harshly. I still I still hold that opinion. But um, but then having and, and I all and like because it came off as whining, I was like, I kind of discounted a lot of the things he said. But then when I re- when I listened to the proceedings discussion, that he had with Paul Kingsbury and the co-host. Um, it was actually really well thought out and he's a super intelligent kid. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Like I get it. I, I get where you're coming from now. And I still, 
I'd push back a little bit, but just the, just the willingness to do that, like, holy, like, and I think he's plans on separating. Like if he hasn't already, I'm, I'm I, at, the, at this point he probably has, but um, yeah, it was, it was ballsy. And I, that, but that gets a discussion happening. You know what I mean? Like he went on proceedings and talked about it and that gets to a whole range of people. And then like the articles obviously get to a lot of people and um, there's definitely, there's definitely mechanisms for doing it. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of commands out there that would have reacted super negatively and created a hostile work environment for somebody doing an op-ed in the Navy times. But, mm-hmm. um, there's, I like, but then I think there's, there's ways to have those discussions and that's why I'm doing so many interviews now is like, I got to put your name on it. Nobody will ever know it's you unless you provide too much information. So it's like, let's have those discussions in a way that, just the content gets out there and it's not, you know, you don't have to worry about that and it's not an issue. So I feel like there's ways to do that. That's why I'm, I'm such a big fan of like 360 evaluations, which is like where you get to grade your supervisors. So you're, they do evaluations at every level of the chain of command. NSW already does this where it's like you're graded by your, your bosses, but you're also graded by your peers and subordinates. And it's like, that goes into your evaluation where it's like there's there they get a say you know and it's like if you think about it it's a pretty great way of doing it because again like the end user is the people i lead and if all of them are dissatisfied with my leadership then maybe i'm not so great you know what i mean maybe those collateral duties and stupid eval bullets i have don't mean anything if the whole department wants to burn me at the stake Right. So it's it, like, it could, yeah. Your eval could be stunning and have one or two dudes that are like, now fuck this guy. Okay. Disgruntled. But if half the division yeah. has this same huge laundry list of issues, there's probably something wrong here. There's and probably I mean, I, something to that. Yeah. It's the paper sailor thing. It's the, this person has all these, you know, quals or the mandatory air and surface right. that doesn't really mean anything now because yeah. everyone has to have it so it's not right. earned uh so but they don't work they don't yeah. learn their job but they'll yep. you know they're good at a test or something so then they're put in charge of people who or just punch in the wickets them. you know yeah, yeah exactly like um, i did all the things oh god when i got my air uh i remember my mom like she's like so proud of me and it's like mm. no don't be hit i had to i I wanted overnight liberty. Like that's what we were told, get your air warfare. But I was working, you know, I worked nights and I was building and that was awesome. I wasn't worried about getting a warfare pin because I was working on my job. And so I didn't understand why. I don't know. It's like, I want the IDW because I have to earn it, but I wasn't allowed, you know? So, yeah, I don't, I've heard varying, like it depends on the command or community or whatever, but I know like on submarines, it's like, earning your fish is a huge deal. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's like it, they, they've, and I, I heard when they made the ESWAS and area pins mandatory, they were trying to parody the model of submarine dolphins because it builds this foundation of your, like this ability for any sailor on that platform to fight the ship. Like you, you, like fire happens, you know what to do. Flooding happens, you know what to do. And it works because we're such a small platform where I can learn all those things and and be able to do all those things. And it, but we also have the necessity of it. And where a lot of larger platforms, there's DC guys and DC parties, and there's like quals associated. But not everybody needs to do it. 
I would contend that they do, but like it, they, I guess they just, it didn't work or they didn't, it didn't get executed in that vision because yeah, what it ended up being was, all right, everybody, all these, the whole chief's mess is going to line up in the P way and you're going to walk in a line and they're going to sign your book. That's what it was. I shit That's you gross. not. And it was terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I, I, that, I didn't earn it. I didn't think like I yeah. did. My te- I did the murder board and I answered the questions and I was all right, cool. I got them right. Uh, but that didn't feel it was like a huge info dump right after. Like I knew how to fight right. fires and we trained and, you know, the, yeah. the rig, the barricade. Like, yes, I knew that. But I don't know. Most of I mean, a lot of our stuff for the pin was history of Dwight D. Eisenhower, where he was yeah. born. Like, how does that help me? identify yeah there's a there's definitely a history and heritage component uh like it's pretty well known that when you're doing a submarine dolphin board when they start asking you history questions you're the board's over so like and you you, if it happens faster you presumably did well (laughs) and if it Mm -hmm. if you don't ever hear a history question it's probably not going that great but like once you get to the end and i ask you like a some kind of submarine history heritage question it's like oh thank god all right we're done and those are almost like a lot of times they're lookups but it's you have a conversation about why it's important when they come turn in their lookups. And yeah, I don't know. There's no, I just, absolutely, I agree with that. I'm yeah. a huge naval history nerd. Yeah. Uh, I, you and I talked about it <laughs> yeah. off, uh, off record, but like, yeah. um, but it, 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 when it's compared to, you know, do I know my stuff and the history or, yeah. All right, yeah. line up. I'm going to sign you off whether you know it or not because we want the numbers. We want the, yeah, the gold anchor so stuff gross. and all the yeah. the, e, the battle and And I've heard like, it both ways where like I've heard sailors <laughs> tell, yeah, I've heard sailors tell me that they had a really robust ESWAS program or a really robust air warfare program and then a lot of people have told me that where it's just like it's the book gets blazed off and then you pass a murder board hopefully and if you don't they just work on you till you do and then you go do your final board and it's over and it's like i i don't know and even i, I can tell you like the submarine warfare process sometimes can take a hit at certain commands where we just get caught up in the sauce and like sometimes it doesn't get administered as robustly as it should but then it it always gets corrected like it's it's a very it's just such a big part of who we are that it never really veers that far off the path your literal day-to-day yeah and it's just i i wish it was like that everywhere else um because it's just because it's like I know the experience that I went through to get them and I, the experience I see other people go because I set the boards down like when I'm on a boat and I've, I've had a ton of them. And it's like just to see how badly people want to earn their dolphins. And then when they do like the the because you like, all right, step out and we're going to confer. Right. And then they come back in and we're like, all right, you passed. And it's like I've seen grown men cry and like jump up and down and freak out and like just like it's crazy and it's really really cool mm-hmm. um, and that's to, amazing now that's, they're a submariner and they're part of it and it's just like ah, that's cool yeah and that's how it was when i got uh when i made third class i was like i was like Fuck yeah, yeah, you know? yeah and yeah, um yeah. it went from i i got told like all of us that made it were told don't be too excited you're just an overpaid airman you're a glorified Which is airman. so stupid but the worst part was that we were told you're a glorified airman, you're an overpaid airman. And then as soon as an airman like fucked up, why didn't you correct this? You're a yeah, working you're a manager. You're, you're a petty yeah, officer. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, which is it? Is it yeah. uh, like you, you can't do that. And then, I mean, one cool thing was that our gun boss um, 
talked to our uh, our triad and he didn't like that they called Liberty for, you know, um, all the way to E5 and then E4 and below. So again, just to show that we were all lumped together, that it didn't matter that you made rank. It didn't matter that you're now a working supervisor. Yeah. You're still an underling. And it just, it was kind of shit on. And he did, yeah. he actually got that changed and, you know, they called it down. That was really cool. But it was just hearing, yeah, well, your accomplishment is nothing. And then, well, why didn't you correct this? Like, yeah. I don't know what you want You're from me. You're a leader me. now. Yeah. 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 I had this uh, A-gang chief. Awesome, dude. Uh, it pro- Probably one of a handful of people I've ever encountered that like takes chiefing and like just like the he, he puts a lot of importance on the heritage piece and like those types of milestones goes way out of his way to make sure sailors like feel those moments. Mm-hmm. And we had a bunch of people uh, pick up like third and second, right? Like advancement results came out and he had their, uh, FRVs back in the machinery room. And he basically started, uh, they, somebody started their crow, like with a stitch and he like had everybody come do a stitch like on, on their crow and explain to them like what that meant, like tacking it on. And I was just like, he invited me back. Yeah. He invited me back there to see it because he said he was doing it. And I'm like, can I like, I don't want to intrude. That sounds amazing. But like, can I come sit in the corner? He goes, yeah, man. So he like invites me back. And I like, man, I almost cried. I was like, this is so cool because of the way that they amazing. Yeah. I would. And like, you could see the, it's not like because like i feel like people think the sailors of today are like different from the sailors of before so when you try to do stuff like this like it doesn't make the impact that it did or because they're not the same and we're just in a different time period that that stuff doesn't hit home and i'm telling you every single one of them got it like every one of them because we had a bunch of riders too we took a bunch of female enlisted underway because the ships they were assigned to weren't going to sea so they needed to get quals done and want they wanted them to get some experience so we had a bunch of female enlisted underway with us for my last deployment and a bunch of them were attached to this guy's division and they were in there for it too and it was just like you could just see that they were like fully invested and like emotional and like involved and it hit exactly the way he intended it to. And they thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And, um, a couple of the couple of the female enlisted earned their dolphins while they were on that underway too. And it was just like, they were, you could tell they would like walk through fire for their chief. And I'm just like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like, and it works when you do that stuff. It works. Yeah. The big, so excited. The biggest shock to me, I think, uh, when I joined with the, the Naval community was the lack of camaraderie Yeah, versus like, the Marines and certain aspects of, of, of uh, the army. And I noticed that it was very much a, yeah, we're in a shop. It's a nine to five. You go home. Like yeah. it felt more like a company, but what I loved was that I chose to be an AO. I thought that looked really good. Cool. And yeah. when I became an AO, uh, well, actually I was in boot camp. I was the only AO or I think there was two of us in, in my division. Maybe I don't, from whatever there was yeah. it was a it was a 900 div so it was all the really smart incredible people and then i was just yeah. like hi i'm here what's up <laughs> um i snuck in so the our sister div uh had three ao1s as the rdcs and we were told because we had the, the blueberries they're like do not round your cover we don't do that which it looks so stupid having an eight yeah. point with a straight bill yeah, yeah, yeah. 
while we're standing in line and AO1 comes over, takes my cover off my head right in front of my RDCs, rounds it, puts it back on my head. It goes, there you go. Now you look like an AO. And I made eye contact with my RDC and I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I had the only <laughs> rounded cover because it looks so stupid. And yeah. like, I was like, that but was my you're first. in that weird spot where it's like, what do we do? He's an RDC. We can't. Yeah, exactly. So them. they didn't say anything. That's and I was hilarious. the only one to, that was allowed to round my cover. That's, uh, that's awesome that because that sounds like something I would do, like walk in and be like, who are the bubbleheads? I'm like, all right, here, let yeah, me exactly. do this. Now, you, <laughs> now you're, um, now you fit in. That's funny. Uh, so getting to the ship and like, um, I knew growing up, my mom was a sponsor a couple of times and like, Hey, if you're a sponsor, pick them up from the airport, give them a meal, a place yeah. to sleep. That isn't the yeah. barracks, like introduce them. That's what I expected. But right. people were kind of weirded out. And so when I got there, um, being taken to dinner by the group, uh, and like the shop and shown around and then feeling that AO camaraderie that because they, it's a job where you have to work as a team. Yeah. There's like, you don't really have a choice to be by yourself where, you know, other technical jobs are more like, you know, OS is sitting at their, at their desk or right. uh, CTs and everything. Um, but we need each other in a group to accomplish their jobs and people can slam all they want. And I've heard all the jokes. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I mean, there's intelligent people and there's stupid people in literally every yeah, rate. Every. So. I mean, I married up. I married smart. My wife yeah. is smart and hot because she's an AT. <laughs> and I've met all the her AT friends and coworkers yeah. that come over. And I'm like, that dude's really strange. But, yeah, you know, okay. Yeah. That dude's really, like, I've seen him at the gym, like, all the time. He's huge. I didn't realize he was an AT. That's like, there's... There's yeah. those dynamics everywhere. Um, but no, as soon as I say, I owe oh, yes, I. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it all the time as a cook. <laughs> like I, I've been talking to a, a sailor at uh, the last couple spin the yarns I've done. I've been focused on that's that LPO and one of her sailors. And it's uh, it, like she let she let uh, well, she like referred one of her second classes to the podcast and he listened he was like, I expected him to be like a crusty a gang or something. So when I found out he was a CS, I was a little bummed and I'm just like, well, thanks. I get <laughs> like, I get that all the time where like I've had sailors tell me like, you're not the typical CS. And I'm like, what is the typical CS? Like you don't, you're just subscribing to some stupid stereotype because people told you to like, I've had, I've had really intelligent people assume I was dumb just cause I'm a cook. And I'm like, why? Like, why do you do that? And it's like, and then when you do challenge them on it and they're like, Oh, I don't mean you. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, this You're is what I do. Ones. Yeah. You don't get to, <laughs> you don't get to like do that. You're, you have this thing in your mind that we're dumb. And then you encounter me and you're like, oh, you're an exception. I'm like, no, you're, the whole thing is stupid. Like mm -hmm. that whole idea you have in your head is incorrect. It's just like, I get it. There's jokes where you're just like messing with each other. But then it's like, there are people out there that really believe that stuff because from day one, they're indoctrinated to think cooks are dumb and probably the same thing with your community where it's like, yeah. they just, assume that people are stupid and it's just like really that's what we're doing okay uh, yeah. like <laughs> drives me nuts <laughs> yeah we get we get that a lot i mean oh god my my poor wife is uh she's a, a woman of color she's yeah. gay and she's married to an ao like <laughs> she's got a lot going against her <laughs> uh, that's funny um Oh God, you had a question earlier and I went off on a, a little bit. I'm so sorry. I didn't completely answer it. I, I think, it was, um, what was it? 
I mean, I, I know Something I asked about, you about. Like, go ahead. Did you have a message with like a goal scuttlebutt? And then yeah, I that's what it was. Can't okay. remember, but I can't remember what the other. There was a follow-on question too. <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen to it. Uh, um. So with the uh, with my comic, the original starting goal was literally just to improve morale, just to make people yeah, laugh. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple times where in the very beginning where um i would put out like hey guys you should probably check out this really cool website where they send care packages to to sailors or hey there was this uh this tragedy here's a reputable source to get in contact with and especially after the um the fitzgerald incident yeah i was in japan and i was you know at, at sugi so i wasn't like on the base at all so um as soon as it happened, I started looking up everything I could about like, okay, this is who you contact. Here's the phone number for, um, fleet family. And, yeah. you know, Hey, this is what's going on and you know how to help. Mm-hmm. And like, I try to do what I can from where I am. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a lot of resources to, I don't have the money to donate myself, but I can, I can share that. Um, so working from home because like I've tried to get a job on base and they were not hiring because it's a very small base. And, um, and then I was like, okay, well, uh, I went and started classes. Um, they had, cause it's in Japan. So they had like community college type classes on base and mostly online, but they didn't offer anything that I could really use. So I was doing like a history degree and, um, I had a minor in political science before, uh, a while like a long time ago but i didn't want to get into that just because it just makes me sad <laughs> um yeah. so uh, i wanted to do art i wanted to do writing but they didn't offer those classes i wanted it's like if this is the route i'm taking i want to get better at it i want to keep uh working at this and i couldn't find anything for the gi bill that was useful to me so i stopped attending i was like i'm not like i i i uh I don't want to waste my GI bill on classes that aren't going to do anything for me in the future. Like a degree that is just going to hang on my wall for no reason. I don't want that. Um, I was hoping that when I got back to the States, I could attend a university, but I live in the middle of nowhere. So I cannot do that. (laughs) So what I did was I started to just teach myself. I went online and Mm -hmm. just Googled everything and I'm practicing constantly. Um, I had a buddy help me build uh, an actual computer because when I first started scuttlebutt, it was on a laptop and mm, then yeah, I moved here. to my, my, my wife bought me a all in one PC, but I didn't know anything about computers and I didn't realize that it only had four gigs of memory. And so running a program and trying to draw kind of uh, impossible, my program crashed constantly. Yeah. My computer overheated. I was working at my coffee table uh on the couch so like i'm just kind of sitting there and drawing and my back hurt i'm not being active and uh finally i was looking at um youtube videos and someone mentioned hey if you like and subscribe join my patreon it's like what is that yeah yeah and so i was like you know what there's a lot of artists on here i have a lot of people asking me for merch like i try i built my own website garbage at that i 
tried to make my own merch of garbage at that. I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to do this Patreon and see what happens. Yeah. So I did a little research and cause you know, you gotta try things and fail. T-shirts yep. don't sell and I lost yeah, a lot of I money on websites. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yep. So, and I didn't, at first I didn't have a lot of like anybody to turn to and ask, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know where to start. I'm not going to get in contact with all these big names. Cause that's just, right. nah, I'm not worthy of that. And I'll just, <sighs> bumble along by myself. Um, I started my Patreon and I offered, I was like, I will draw you as a character. And I underestimated horribly (laughs) uh, how many people would want that because people see, oh, I know this person. They're in a comic that I enjoy. I want to be in the comic I enjoy. And what's funny is that um, we were talking about earlier about like how brave it is to be active duty and put your name on something. And I had people like a lot of khakis actually uh, that were active duty still that they, I would write a joke and I thought it kind of towed the line. So I would send it to them. Like, is this okay to publish? Yes, this is good. And then they get called, like they message me like, Hey, I got, can you take the comic down? Uh, you know, the khakis aren't very happy about it. They asked me if this really happened, you know, like, yeah, I met Cthulhu. Like what? Um, <laughs> I have a senior chief. He, uh, on, on my Patreon, he's so amazing. He's so supportive. And like, um, I've actually, I've talked to him a couple of times about just like, um, he gives me good, like constructive criticism. And mm. there's been a couple comics that he's in where people try to say stuff to him, but he's a red stripe senior chief. So, ah. pff, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like every one of my patrons, like they're incredible. They actually saved my wife and I, because uh, yeah. it, it took off and I was doing That's great, cool. but I was, I was overworking myself like crazy, but I, yeah. I had enough money that I like, saved up that, I was now making what I made in the Navy and uh, at base pay. And uh, that was great because I felt like a leech. My wife was, is still so supportive. So like, babe, I'm so sorry. Like I can't get a job here. There's nothing to do, but draw. And I'm trying. She's like, yeah, keep it up. Love you. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm (laughs) trying. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, clawing my way out of that dark time and trying to, to do better for myself and for my family. And and then having to get kicked back down by, you know, just medical issues and yeah. you know, surgeries. And, uh, and I feel so bad and I've lost patrons and I understand. And I'm, I don't want to keep making excuses. I'm not great at putting out content that is half finished because I've been working on projects. I am yeah. currently uh, working on a graphic novel that has only been announced on my Patreon. And I, I mentioned to them like, yeah, I'll share pages with you, but, that I don't because I'm like, this is garbage and you don't deserve to see it because you're better than me. And like, yeah. I don't want to give you bullshit, you know, that yeah, you're going to hate. I like, think is this what I'm paying start for? Start scanning it by people. Cause like you sent the, you oh, sent me that thing and I, it's amazing. And you were doing that same thing where you're like, Oh, this is terrible. I don't want to release it. And it's like, no, this is hilarious. Like if I saw this on your page, I would share it on everything I have available to me <laughs> I am my so own that people kind of laugh at it. Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm I'm trying to improve my art like yeah. uh through being self-taught. Like I'm I'm trying to improve my right. writing and my comedic um timing and performance and because I would love to be a stand-up comic. I would I did that in Japan one time yeah. and it was great. And uh I, I want all these different projects, but I don't know where to start. So yeah. then I when I do start it, I'm like, 
this is terrible. And like uh, I, I compare to the professionals. Uh-oh. Like I don't want to publish something that's serious with a goofy style. Or uh, I'm worried my graphic novel that I'm working on is uh, yeah. serious. And then um, I have another project that I'm in the midst of doing is a, a, a nautical history show. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not necessarily just naval history. It's any history that has happened on the water. So anything from, yeah, U.S. Navy, Canadian Navy, uh, the the Vikings, like crazy stories you didn't know. I mean, the the um, Chinese pirate queen, like just amazing things yeah. that happen for sailors. Um, but yeah, I I don't know how to animate, so I'm doing my best, and I don't <laughs> know who to ask yeah. for. So I'm googling everything. Um, and- that's how I've done everything with this thing is like just self taught and googling and youtubing and whatever just like i have asked a lot of people questions too though because like i've learned that like some people think i'm a big name and i don't at all and like what i've learned is most people don't so like when i contact them they're (laughs) like oh yeah i'll totally help you that's so awesome i love your podcast and so it's like yeah i get a lot of criticism or help or support and it's pretty cool and i've definitely like i what i've learned above everything else is is that just do something and then you'll you'll get better right so like with the podcast like i was because i was gonna wait until i had everything figured out and what just i kept coming back to me over and over again was just do it just publish something because it right now you're not doing anything and you have the capability to record something and edit it real quick and throw it up so just do it and everything will get better so if you go back and look at it at the beginning my logo sucks and my audio is not great and the website was rough and all this crap and it all got better with time as i over four and a half years have like figured it out senior i feel I feel personally attacked right now. Okay. Uh, so. Well, you know, if the shoe fits, like <laughs> yeah, we talked about uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dang. And but, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, my thing is I just, I want to do it. I just, I feel as soon as I put it out, they're just like, this is garbage. What if you no. become like, I don't but it's like, then you already. also know the things you need to work on too. Like, like yeah. if you, you're if, at your, inevitably gonna miss with something and then it's like okay now i know that doesn't work and that's kind of how i feel about some of the stuff is like like with the stupid t-shirts i have sitting on my desk like oh well i probably shouldn't have done that or done something that's drop shipped one at a time so i don't have hey, whole... i put your stickers on my snowboard i was so yeah. excited i was like i got i got an interview i have his sticker he has stickers. <laughs> and i mean like i said living in a bubble is kind of weird too because i meet people once in a while like i had a guy fly in to atsugi on a debt and he messaged me he's like can i have your autograph what he's like yeah you have this joke and it's amazing and i'd love you to like sign it it's like oh my yeah. god that's incredible that's this is like nuts. when i first started <laughs> and i did i met him at the bar um on base i signed he laminated this joke that i drew it's like oh that's this cool. is amazing and then you know we'll go to a um and a command function or something here at my wife's new command and someone will say something and one of my friends i we have for the record the best friends like just family uh, how supportive people are i love it but they'll mention like oh yeah megan yeah you like you know she draws scuttlebutt comics like what's that nothing don't worry (laughs) about it shut up dude shut up this is not about me yeah um (laughs) like on one hand it's like yeah i love that that's great and like it's really flattering like oh that's wonderful but then on the other hand i'm not you know i i understand that my reach isn't you know huge i would like my reach to get bigger 
because I just want to improve morale. Yeah. Um, uh, but when people do actually like, I know your name, your name's familiar because yeah. it's weird. It's Wilcoxon <laughs> with two L's. Um, like, yeah, yeah, you, you draw, you draw that comic. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Oh, this is sweet. <laughs> this feels really yeah. awesome. But hey, I got to wrap this thing up. My fiance yes. if she didn't just walk in, she's about to be home from work. So <laughs> tell her I said, what's up? Oh, I will. I'm sorry. I will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. And oh, I'm really glad. Me. Yeah, I'm really glad we got to do it because uh, you've been a supporter of mine for a long time. And uh, I appreciate that as well. Yeah, I really appreciate what you're doing for the community because, I mean, I'm, I make jokes and I poke fun at the stuff that we we know of and we see yeah. every day. But actually being somebody in a position that you are and having the what is it the. Uh, I mean, you're Spider-Man, dude, like with <laughs> great power comes great responsibility and you yeah. and Chief Khan and Master Chief Kason, all these amazing people are doing their best to improve, not really the Navy, but improve sailors and improve how sailors are interacting with uh, upper and lower enlisted and how, you know, because we are a crew we it's everybody in a tin can you live and work on top of each other and it's getting better and thank you for being a part of making it better honestly well thanks it's absolutely my pleasure all right i hope you guys enjoyed that uh as always if you've got anything for us questions comments concerns uh hit us up don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com you can facebook message us don't give up the ship podcast or you can dm us on instagram or reddit uh, at D Guts Podcast or just D Guts Podcast on Reddit. Uh, we also have a sub there, same name. Open to discussion as always. Uh, always hoping for feedback and just uh, interaction with you guys. Uh, and then um, if you could like, share, subscribe, review the content on all the things, uh, it helps us out and get, get, get getting the word out without spending a ton of money. And then uh, if you could uh, and you desire to, you could support us by going to dgutspodcast.com slash shop. Uh, you can order t-shirts, stickers, all kinds of things. It supports us. You get something, we get something, and it helps us keep the lights on. Uh, and we would very much appreciate that. And just for everyone's awareness, I'll post something on social media. But uh, in the next few weeks, I will be down after a surgery. So I will be slow to respond uh, to emails and DMs and stuff like that. So just bear with me uh, as I work through healing up. And then uh, I should be back up full around here in, in about two weeks. Uh, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>